The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 15, 64, 50, 80, 90, hey, hey! Hey, you guys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And welcome to a very Brady podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Tech. And with me, as always, is the other host of the show, Jimmy Klein. Hello, hello. Hey. And on this podcast, we celebrate classic, iconic TV shows as we break them down one episode at a time. What we do here, Jimmy, as you know. Hell yeah. Yeah. We take the episode. We do. We break it down. On weeks that we're here. <laughs> We hide it at school, then right. hide it from our friend's dad. Then oh. when it's all said and done, we keep it away from its parents for good. All for you, the listener. So we treat it like a porn magazine. <laughs> <laughs> On today's episode, we take a look at The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. Season 2, Episode 3, entitled Baby Talk. Oh, shit. If you haven't watched the episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might be a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis is available to stream on Amazon Prime. And it's like three weeks in a row we got through Amazon Prime. Yeah. What no. the hell? So that's cool. <laughs> so how was your week? It was pretty good. Not too bad. What about yours? I feel like something happened, but no, maybe you went, not. You, well, you went to work. I know that. Yeah, I did that. I went to work. Ooh, and Oh, what? Did you work it? No. Oh, I thought maybe that was the thing. No, if, if I did, yeah, trust me, you'd be the first to know. Listeners See, that's how rumors second. get started. That's how all the rumors in high school got started about us. <laughs> well, you'd be second to know. The, the girl okay. would be first. And that's true. Be yeah, that's true. So, well, you, I would, then, I would think that you would probably send a Marco Polo. Be like, dude, check this out. You know what I mean? Yeah, like during it. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, oh, of course. look, look yeah, what yeah. I'm doing. You know? Girls love that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I'm a girl expert. Hell yeah. So, um, this is like week four of me not buying a guitar. Oh. Right? Is that part of your 12 steps? No. no it's just something I need to quit doing. But we've we've and we've kind of alluded on this show to the, the kind of luck I have when I order something. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So last week, I got all excited because I was like, ooh, I ordered a new amplifier. <laughs> well, can we go back? Right. Like maybe there's some listeners, first time yeah, listeners we'll back, that yeah. maybe don't know what you're talking about. <clears throat> all right. So um, so last week, I decided that, well, that me and Tech have a history of, of music and guitars and, and you know playing instruments and stuff. And, and so I decided that I wanted a certain type of amplifier called the Vox, V-O-X. And... Um, so I went on to, I don't want to say the name because I don't want to get him in trouble, but it's a certain, um, it's a certain music center, you know, do for they guitars. they specialize in anything? Oh, they do specialize. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a guitar music center, right? Oh, okay. And, um, and so I saw this amp on there and it was available for pickup in Orlando, you know, this guitar, you know, music center. Yeah, uh, is it, it was available to pick up there, which is about a little over an hour away, about an hour and twenty minutes away. Okay, so I decide I'm going to go online and go ahead and pay for it and say in store pickup, 
hmm. just to ensure that it's there because I don't want to drive an hour and 20 minutes have it be gone. Yeah. Right? That would be, that'd be crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I go ahead and order it. I immediately call because I thought, you know what? I want to make sure that nobody buys this. Well, right. smart. Yeah. Because yeah, that would, it would be ridiculous. That would never really happen. I know it's just me being paranoid. So yeah, I call like, and I well, say, hey, just hurt in the past. So exactly. Yeah. So I was like, hey, I, uh, I just ordered something on, on your website. Uh, I'm not going to be able to come in until tomorrow to pick it up. Is that going to be okay? And he said, yeah, yeah, that'll be fine. He said, just make sure you call first. Make sure everything's good. So, okay. So the next morning I call. Sound advice. Yeah. I say, hey, uh, I ordered an amplifier last night, yesterday afternoon. And I want to make sure I can come pick it up. And he said, well, let me check real quick. And he comes back. Now, nah, it's not quite ready yet. Uh, so I would call in a couple hours. I said, okay. So I call a couple hours later. Hey, is it okay if I come pick this up? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll go ahead and pull it for you. Yeah, you can come pick it up. So I drive out there. I go up, show him a number, show him the, the receipt on my phone. Mm-hmm. And he goes walking around looking for it. He comes, hey, let me get the manager. So the manager goes walking around. He comes back. We're still trying to find it. He goes walk around some more. Comes back. Uh. Yeah, we we sold it to somebody else. <laughs> and this was a used amp. So it was the only one they had. I was like, what do you mean you sold it to somebody else? I bought it yesterday. I paid for it. I, I had already paid for it. It's mine. He's like, yeah. But um, uh, yeah, we, we somebody else bought it before we had a chance to pull it. I was like, hmm. right. But wouldn't it have been in your system as me buying it? Like it, hmm. it was an inventory number. Like I bought it. Like the system should have showed that this was already paid for, right? <laughs> he said, no, anything you buy, the system doesn't update until the next day. So they have all day to basically to sell it to somebody else and there's nothing <laughs> stopping it. Right. Hmm. And he goes, next time, what I would do. Oh, is he gave I would, you some good advice here. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. He said, what next he time, next time I would call first after you make the order, good just plan. so that we are aware <laughs> that you bought it. <laughs> Just to make sure that it doesn't get sold to somebody else. I'm like, man, you are fucking smart. Why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I do that? That is such sound advice. I don't know why I didn't follow that advice. I should. I just. Oh, that's right. Because I fucking did. Didn't I? I did call the store. And he goes, well, do you know who you talk to? I said, I'm not going to. I'm not going to play the finger pointing game. No, you're the manager. Take accountability. Like, no, you guys sold it to somebody else. Blah, blah, blah. So he goes, well. Unfortunately, we don't have anything to replace it with. So you got a whole store you can replace it with. But it's just a matter of whether you want to or not. You're just not willing to replace it. Um, so I went ahead and asked for a refund. No, and, no, no, um, no. He, you didn't ask for a refund. He offered to be from the kindness of his heart right. to give you a refund. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. He's like, well, you know, I can go ahead and give you a refund. <laughs> you damn right. <laughs> I know that. Well, I appreciate young, that. <laughs> this young kid um, tried to help and he's like, well, do you want me to uh, to check into the store, see if maybe another store has one? Like, you gonna go pick it up while I wait? <laughs> no, no, then that's not gonna really help me, is it? <laughs> Unless you're expecting me to drive out another hour and twenty minutes twice for an amplifier that you never should have sold in the first place. So, any, needless to say, I had a really crappy experience at Guitar <laughs> Music Center, and um, <clears throat> I will never buy anything online there again. So. Hmm. So you're still in search for an amp now? So my daughter, who's wiser beyond her years, um, soon as we were without, I mean, she was freaking Johnny and uh, to backtrack a little bit, my daughter and my kids obviously know it was Jake and Caitlin. They obviously know my history and how bad luck I have when I order something. Right. Yeah. Now, 
Caitlin knows this, and I know this, and Jake knows this, but this store manager does not know this. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know the kind of luck I have, right? So we're standing at the desk and he's looking online to see if it has indeed been sold, if maybe it was put somewhere else. And Caitlin (laughs) Caitlin looks at me and she goes, are you really surprised this happened? (laughs) And the look on the manager's face was priceless because he obviously thought she was talking about, you know, guitar music center and uh that's when you look at the manager up and down and go nope (laughs) (laughs) not with one of them in charge i don't know what that means but um yeah (laughs) and uh so i just thought that was hilarious and i told caitlin when we got out in the car she's like oh my god i didn't mean that i'm like that's what made it so funny is you just played it so cool like you really surprised (laughs) so we get outside and caitlin immediately says no this is meant to be you'll find something better and of course, mm-hmm. I'm Mr. Pissy Pants. I'm like, no, I want them better. I want my advice. And she's like, do you want to stop me to Slurpee on the way home, Daddy? I don't want a Slurpee. I want that amp. I exactly. know you do, but you just get, let's get a Slurpee. Yeah, well, it was a candy bar. And um, Can I get any kind I want? Yes, you can. It was a Reese's Cup. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I get home and I'm sitting on the couch and I'm Mr. Pissy Pants and you know, so I'm looking on, there's this website called Reverb. It's kind of like uh, eBay for music equipment, right? Mm-hmm. So I look on there and this amplifier keeps coming up. And uh, it was a, uh, it's an AT40X uh, or something like that. Um, so I finally look into mm-hmm. it because every time I look up this amp, it comes up, right? Turns out this is what's called a modeling amp and it, and it models a bunch of different amplifiers, including the one that I wanted to get. Does it walk a catwalk too? It does, yeah, and it wears wow. those those like stilettos, you know, not the not the ones that that are, that are enough to make them look goofy and walk funny, but the kind yeah. of kind of makes them look kind of hot, you know. They're low yeah, enough yeah. where they can walk with confidence and shit. Does it have um, like a weird like bird's nest like on its head or something? No, none of that kind of stuff. Oh, no, but it has like that that kind of that you know that kind of skirt where it kind of looks like a thong because it's got a seam in the back, but it's not really a thong. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of one of those amps, and. Um, okay. And so I saw this on Reverb, and it turns out it was like you know twenty dollars more than this other amp would have been brand new. So I went ahead and picked that up, and it's amazing. It's such a better amp oh, than nice. the one I was going to get. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with my new with with my new one, I, I'm so much happier than I would have been with my old one, and I'm so glad that you know they decided to cheat on me. So because I'm a lot happier <laughs> now. Well, good. So, yeah. yeah. See. Everything works out. Yeah. If you just take advice from a 13, 13, yeah. 13-year-old more often. Yeah, she was trying okay. on the spot with that. And she was, and as soon as I ordered this amp and I and I bought it and I got it and I played it and it was awesome and everything, I glanced over at Kayla. She got a smug look. She's like, hate to say it, but I fucking told you so. I'm like, hmm. yes, you did. Is yes. that when you slapped her and sent her to her room? Yeah, I slept there. I said, don't say the fuck word. We don't say that in this house. <laughs> no, she didn't really say that. Um, but yeah. So that was my experience at uh, a very large guitar music center uh, yeah. that I wouldn't shop at if I was you. So. <laughs> well, that's good. I haven't done a whole lot of shopping yet. You know, a music place that centers around guitars. I haven't right. done too much shopping at one of those, but... I did, I, well, they gave me money once for a guitar, so. Well, I mean, I wouldn't, it's unfair for me to say don't shop there 
because when you go into one, it's amazing. Like you've been in there and they, it's, it's a really mm. impressive store when you go in. It really is. Mm, it's a nice store. So if you don't mind going there and looking around, if you see something you like, you know, their used stuff is really reasonable, like surprisingly yeah. reasonable for a like store. That big. for like 20 bucks, 30 exactly. bucks. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, I can't say don't shop there because that's unfair and it's unfair to other people out there. Don't shop online. You watch any use if you don't have to take my word for it, but but look at music videos online or music videos. Look at videos online <laughs> talking about it. And there's people that order two thousand dollar amps and they arrive broken and stuff because they rely on the individual store to find their own boxes to ship this stuff in and to yeah. find packing material and it's not in the overhaul budget, so they don't get they don't get extra money for buying that stuff. And so yeah. So I, I wouldn't shop a lot of online, videos online that bash that place. Yes. Um, I haven't really watched them though because I don't really know. But um, but yeah. So I'm a lot happier now. Way okay. happier. Now. We're, we're all glad. We're happy for yes. you. Yes. <sighs> yeah. So moving forward. Okay. Unless you have anything else on the topic. No, nope, I'm just gonna say fuck that store. All right. Hmm. So this week we are watching the many loves of Dobie Gillis. So what is your history with Dobie Gillis? Like, have you ever seen it before? Or? No, I haven't. No. Uh-uh. I mean, you had heard a, of it before. No, you had a brother-in-law named Doby, and his <laughs> last name started with the same letter. But right, it was his nickname when he was in the military because his last name was similar to Gillis. It was close, okay. And so a lot of people in the military just started to call him Doby because because oh, oh, of Doby okay. Gillis. And so yeah, that's why I always call him. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, that's the closest I've had. I used to watch him. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> You watch him when he's like stroking and stuff. Hell yeah. When he, take when he was trying to teach us how to stroke right. When he take that shaft in his hand and work it. Yeah. Hell <laughs> like, yeah. And he was like, this is how you stroke properly. And I was just like. He's like, and let me show you uh, what I can do with balls. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Make sure you wash your balls. He kept saying too. He he, like, yeah. He said that a few times. Yeah. <laughs> and he was showing you how to work that shaft. I'm like, hell yeah. I'm going to just stand he here was. and watch you guys work each other's shafts. <laughs> so. Yeah, actually, I, I still have the golf bag you gave me. I don't know. I don't know what too. you guys thought I was talking about, but <laughs> I still have the golf bag and set of golf clubs that he bought for me, and the golf shoes. So every time you work your shaft, do you think about Dobie? <laughs> Always. Hell yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, well, I used to watch this show a lot on Nick at Night back in the day when I was a kid. Okay. <clears throat> what? Okay, let me back up. I didn't watch it all the time, but it came on late. Um, really? Because I used to watch Nick at Night. I don't remember it. <laughs> Yeah, it was like all like usually I think it came on like after like Patty Duke. Did you ever watch Patty Duke? On yeah, Nick do they night? do they still have men have Nick at Night? I don't know. Is that still a thing? Well, I guess nobody I has know. cable anymore, do they? But I think if they do, I think Nick at Night <laughs> shows you know the old shows you know like, <laughs> like Growing Pains, Seinfeld, yeah, <laughs> Friends. You know, it's like, yeah. they need a network that shows like black and white old stuff. You know, like Hog Van Dyke and stuff like that. They need to show that kind of stuff again. <laughs> Wasn't that TV Land? Isn't that what that is? Maybe it wasn't at Nick at Night. I know where Nick at Night came from. I don't know. Well, it was Nickelodeon. I mean, it was right. Nickelodeon at night. Right, but, but I thought Nick at Night had broke off from uh, Nickelodeon and became TV Land. Oh, I don't know. Mm. Um. Anyway, so I used to catch episodes here and there um, late at night, like after Patty Duke and stuff. But hmm. um, I don't. I didn't really remember any episodes or any storylines. Really, I just remember it had Gilligan in it, and that's really all I remembered about it. And I remember mm. it started off every episode with him by the Think Hair statue, and he always like talked to the audience before yeah. every episode. Hmm. That's really about it. Um, Do you remember um, when channels would go off the air and they would play the national anthem? 
and as soon as the national anthem was, the TV. yeah, and then after the national anthem was over, it'd go for like eight hours. Yeah, yeah. You didn't have to sit there and watch that though. Well, no, because I was young and dumb, and I thought "quote unquote" off the air was a TV show. So I'm like, holy shit, that show's on for like eight fucking hours. I want to see that. And it was never fucking on. It was always just static. And it used to irritate me. Until yeah, my mom my mom explained to me. She's like, no, off the it means that the channel is off the air. I'm like, oh, I thought it was some kind of cool late night thing. <laughs> so yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So what did you think of this episode or the show itself or anything? It wasn't too bad. Um it's really hard to get a feel for a show just by watching one random episode when you've never right. seen an episode at all. Yeah. So it's a little bit difficult to get the overall feel for it, but it's definitely, I can tell it's a different kind of show. It very it much is. felt like it f- had like, to me, it had almost like a, like safe by the bell, Nickelodeon kind of like Disney channel kind of feel to it. Only not in the corniness, not in the cheesiness, not in the right. bad, just in the sense that it's, it felt like it was a, a show for teens or young people by young people. You know what I mean? Just like <laughs> saved by the bell would have been or Disney channel. Would have been. It, it, it's, it's not, it, it, at least this episode didn't feel like father knows best, you know, or leave it to beaver in the sense that it's from a family's perspective, adult perspective. Yeah. It's almost like all the adults were the outcasts and the kids were like, you know, the main focus were presenting the show. That's, I don't know. Cause it, it was, it felt like a predecessor to Disney channel or Nickelodeon. So what you're saying is like, it's more about, kids being the focus and not so much the parents. Yeah. And I mean, not even like, because there's episodes of leave it to beaver and stuff where the kids are the focus, but Mm -hmm. that's not what I mean. It's, it's from this, it's from the perspective of the kids as opposed to the perspective, like leave it to beaver, uh, the Brady bunch, all those kind of shows, they tend to be from the the perspective of the adults. But yeah, um, with this one, it's almost like, just like all the other shows I mentioned, it's almost like it's from the perspective of the kids. You know, yeah. like just the way uh, that kid's mom is made to look kind of like negative, like the bad guy kind of thing. And adults are like, no, stay away. They're going to take it. You know, that whole <laughs> yeah. thing about it. it it's from Please. the perspective that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. I got you. I got so you. to me, cool. that's very Disney, very Nickelodeon, very Saved by the Bell. I thought the show was very ahead of its time for some reason. See that part. Me and you have talked about that off air and I, I didn't see that in the, but it's just this episode. This isn't like Andy Griffith for me where I'm like, yeah, it kind of sucks. It's not like that. It's just, I didn't have a chance to see in this episode what you're talking about. It, it was just, this episode was a decent example of it. Um, just by the way they talked. And I don't mean like from Shaggy's Shag Maynard where he was like, like, let's get out of here, you know, but like more mm. of a, just like the attitude, like Zelda, for an example, was like a really good character. Like, like remember when uh, like he's proposing to her, and then she was just like, "No, no, up, boy, up." You know, like that's yeah. not that doesn't seem fifties talk to me. You know, that's true. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, it is. It is really easy to forget that this is the fifties we're talking about. Yeah, this was. This isn't a show from the eighties. I think fifty nine or sixties were on there. Yeah, fifty six. I think was it this one. I think. No, um, this is nineteen sixty. Oh, sixty. Where it was nineteen fifty. Oh no, this season one was in nineteen fifty nine. That's right. Okay. So this is like season two or three or something. Yeah. But um, so it's it's easy to forget that this is not an '80s TV show shot in black <laughs> and white. This is from yeah. the um, late '50s, early '60s. Yeah, just the way they talk and stuff. Like that. I don't know. It, and I, I decided to look at reviews online to see what other people thought about the show because I feel like it's really underrated. And then yeah. a lot of people are saying the same thing. This show is so ahead of its time. The show, oh my god, this show could be shot today. And you know, and we're yeah. thinking, yeah, I could, I totally see that. Like, I don't know. I think it's hmm. a very underrated show, I think. And I watched more episodes after this. 
and it's just a good show. I really like it. Um, so. Right. But I mean, then again, I mean, if you were to go back to medieval times and start talking about today's technology, they'd probably burn you at the stake. You know I mean, they're, it, sometimes they're just not ready. And this show yeah. might have been the same thing. It might have been done well in the in the eighties, maybe even the late seventies, but it was literally yeah. ahead of its time. They they weren't ready for this yet. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, anything else? Um, I don't believe so. No, it, the show didn't suck. I didn't not enjoy it. Yeah. I just, you know, I didn't see, I didn't have a, a good example of how it was ahead of its time. In my opinion. Yeah. But. Maybe check out a couple more episodes or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Um, of course, Bob Denver plays Gilligan. Everything he does. So. Yeah, he's like one <laughs> character. We saw yeah. last week, and <laughs> he's like and the OG week. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so let's take our first break, and when we come back, we're going to break down this episode and really see, uh, you know, uh, like, you know, like what's happening. Yeah. Daddy-o. Heck yeah. I am fairly <laughs> certain you are fronting. All the surely, kids say that now. Surely All the kids say that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll be back. Hey, Gen Xers, get the news and podcasts that matter to you on Rediscover the 80s. Each week, hosts Jason and Wyatt deliver two shows that will connect you with the past. First, listen to the 80s weekly newscast with retro pop culture headlines from the world of movies. They are actually trying to reboot The Naked Gun with Liam Neeson. Streaming. Transformers Earth Spark. What did you think, man? It looked interesting, but it looks like it's another spin-off of the uh, Rescue Bots. Collectibles and more. They made Tina Turner into a Barbie. Then listen to Memory Jogger, featuring memories from the 80s and early 90s. We're going to spin the old randomizer tonight. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's spin it. <laughs> Ooh, a big one. Transformers and GoBots. Star Wars. Ooh, we might be here a while. <laughs> Robin Ooh. Williams. What a tribute. Yeah, Robin Williams. Ooh, oh, grandparents. Michael, Michael J. Fox. Fox. PSA commercials. PSA commercials. Ooh, okay. Listen to both shows now on Rediscover the 80s. Search now in popular listening apps or stream from your browser at rediscoverthe80s.com. The 80s Weekly and Memory Jogger. Two shows that will help you rediscover the 80s. And we are back. Ooh, boy. Ooh, doggy. Everything come out okay? It did. Okay. came out very okay, if you catch what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I, I, think, yeah, I think I do. If you add the little, it makes everything sound perverted. All you have to do is add, if you know what I'm saying, and add a little, and it makes it sound sound gross. Can I try? Yeah, I just got done brushing my teeth, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I just found the remote, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Hell yeah. I just got my... Uh, my oil changed. Catch what I'm saying? <laughs> it just no matter what you say, it sounds gross. I just had sex. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> right? It does sound. It does make you sound dirty. Yeah, it's weird. Huh. I heard from Ginny and Jim this weekend. If you know what I'm saying. 
<laughs> See? <laughs> All right. So we have Dobie Gillis, Season 2, Episode 3, entitled Baby Talk. It's a wonder you can walk. Spacewalk. Remember that? <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Let's get into this. Facts about the episode first aired October 18th, 1960. Damn! That's a long time ago. Holy shit. <laughs> I was 14 years before I was born. <laughs> Written by Joel Kane, Max Schulman, and Kenneth L. Evans. Oh, okay. Directed by Rod. Sorry. Directed by Rod Amato, I guess is how you would say it. You are? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Don't call yourself a toe tag. You're not a toe. <clears throat> well, that's your opinion. Don't call me a penguin. Hmm. That was a quote from an actual kid in a playground. Oh, um, okay. My one of my favorite quotes is Screech. You cantaloupe. <laughs> I'm not a cantaloupe, you melonhead. Yeah. That was great. I'm cantaloupe melonhead. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. According to IMDb, television and film acting debut of actress and comedian, the way they write it, <laughs> Joe Ann Worley. Oh, which, okay. if you remember, she's the one that played Mrs. Tarantino, the Ooh. other baby owner. <laughs> owner. Oh, oh, oh. The other okay. baby okay. handler. <laughs> Katrina the Baby is named after Katrina Van Tassel from The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. She played oh. Myrtle Tarantino. Oh, I have a nickname, Myrtle. Okay. Well, I don't. My wife does. The, it's the In snakes, quick lesson. In snakes, they have what's called morphs. That's where you take two different colored snakes and morph them together to make a third color, right? Her morph is called an orange ghost. Well, my wife's a Harry Potter fan. So yeah. she named him named her Myrtle after the the ghost. So, after the thirty five year old um, high schooler ghost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Also, the characters from Scooby Doo were based on the main characters from the Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. Mm. Fred was based on Dobie. Daphne was based on Thalia, which she was not in this episode. Velma was based on Zelda, and Shaggy, of course, was based on Maynard. Gary Marshall also said he drew inspiration from the show when creating Happy Days. Oh, okay. And to take things a step further, the originator of it all was a character by the name of Andy Hardy, played by Mickey Rooney. Okay. He started in a series of 16 different films as Andy Hardy. This mm. led to the creation of Archie and the Gang comics based on the films of Andy Hardy. Okay. Um, Later, The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis was based on the characters from Archie and the Gang. Dobie as Archie, Maynard as Jughead, Thalia as Veronica, Zelda as Betty, and Chatsworth as Reggie. Uh, which later led to the creation of Scooby-Doo based on the characters of Dobie Gillis. Okay. Well, fun little thing there, huh? Yeah. All right. That's cool. So, uh, you ready to begin? I'm ready to begin. You ready to fade in? I'm ready to fade in. Are you ready to something else in? I am ready to something else in. All right. You got to want it, Jimmy. You have to want it. I want it. Prove <laughs> to me that you want it. I am on my knees with my mouth open saying I want it. <laughs> well, I'm going to give it to you. That sounds like us in high school. <laughs> what, 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 what does that mean? We fade in. Okay. Scene 
Our story opens up with a... I was hoping you would just on autopilot just read it. (laughs) No, I'm going to keep going as you change that. I'm going to read it. It says, our story opens up with a damn foreign couple (laughs) walking through the park carrying a baby in a basket. Ava says, here, Tomas, on the bench. Tomas sets the baby in the basket down on the bench. Ava continues, someone will surely find it soon. I couldn't figure out where their accent was from. It sounded to me like Russian. It sounded Russian, then later it sounded like they were French. Because <laughs> it, was, it wasn't the baby's name decide. like Katerina or something? Katrina. Yes, that's kind of a Russian name. Ava continues, someone will surely find it soon. Tomas says, it is best we go now, Ava. Ava asks, Tomas, must we do this? Tomas assures her, it is the way. No, it is the only way, even though we must return to old country. Little Katrina shall be brought up in America. Ava looks down at the baby and says, Oh, my poor baby is so helpless, so trusting, so gentle, so innocent. Hmm. Just then, they hear the scatting of one Manergy Krebs as he walks through the park towards the couple and the baby. Avi and Tomas duck out of sight behind the bushes. So they hide in the bush. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Maynard continues to scat as he walks past the crying infant and simply waves and says, Oh, hi, baby. But then all of a sudden, he stops in his tracks and says to himself, Baby? Nah, couldn't be a baby. Like, man, it looked like a baby. As little Katrina continues to cry, Maynard continues to convince himself that maybe he did, in fact, see a baby. Hmm. He says, Like, man, it sounds like a baby. Maynard turns around and sees the baby lying in the basket on the park bench. Tomas and Ava peek out to see Maynard looking at the infant. Maynard picks up Katrina and says, Hey, you. Hey, are you a baby or a little tiny person? Maynard looks the baby up and down and confirms, You're a baby. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, that's got to be the worst theme song I've ever heard. That's awful. That's terrible. You don't like it? Like, it top volume? Die, yeah, guys, terrible theme song. <laughs> well, it's a different theme song than like season one. Season one goes into a whole song. It's all yeah, this one was awful. My wife looked at me. She goes, what the hell are you watching? <laughs> so I looked at my head. It screamed at her. No, and, um, I'm impressed they used a real baby. Usually they use a really shitty doll and they try to hide it from the camera. So <laughs> right. I was kind of impressed. Um, I wonder if it was really the baby crying or if that was a if that was a like a like an audio effect. That was actually pretty good. But yeah, I think later, like where the baby's supposed to be crying, and I think they use an audio effect. I, I remember thinking the exact same thing. Like yeah. it doesn't sound fake. It sounds like they recorded it properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they played it back as if it was right, and it sounds like it's really coming from it that does, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did a really good job with the sound design. So yeah, yeah I agree. Hmm. Scene two. Dobie sits in the park next to the normal thinker statue, as he always does. Dobie says to us, the audience. In his lifetime, my friend Maynard G. Krebs has found many strange things. Jackknives, tinfoil, old string, two landing buttons, bus transfers, and once even a pass to a prize fight between Primo Canera and Jack Sharkey. But a baby? A real live crying live baby? Hmm. 
So I did some deep dives here on this little scene here. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what a landed button is? And you can't read the notes. No, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know either. So I had to look it up. <clears throat> Apparently back in the mid thirties, Landon was a presidential candidate and these were his campaign buttons. He ran with someone oh. named Knox as the VP candidate. So, okay. Um, also, I looked up too. <laughs> Primo Canera versus Jack Sharkey was a real fight that happened on June 29th, 1933. What was the, the prize? Magazine- <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. A purse. It was the purse <laughs> and a belt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, um, it was in Madison Square Garden. Sharkey was the heavyweight champion at the time, but okay. lost to Canera with a KO in the sixth round. Oh, damn. That was actually the second time they fought together, too. So Okay. Yeah, I thought that was fun. I thought it was really neat that those are actual real fighters and a real thing. I thought it was going to be all like, as soon as I Googled it, I thought it was going to be like, Dobby Gillis, Dobby Gillis. I was like, oh, fuck. Right. Man. <laughs> and no, I, I did like, some. They even have footage. I even watched the fight. <laughs> <laughs> I did some checking myself and a bus pass. Is like this ID thing that you would use <laughs> to be able to ride a bus before Uber. Good, so, good, yes, good. I, I did all by I'm myself. Glad. I'm um, glad you did that. <laughs> where did the statue come from? Like the thinker? What do you mean? It's just all of a sudden, randomly, there's a statue in the park that he was just literally in like a minute no, ago. No, there's different parts of the park you'll see later. Oh, because I assume the park. You know, like if you go to what's that park in Orlando called? Uh, Lake, uh, um, yeah, no, Lake Eola? Like, Disney? Uh, Universal Studios? <laughs> no. SeaWorld? It's a park like in downtown area where it's got the big fountain in the middle. Yeah, that's not it's Lake like Eola? Eola? I, mean, I think maybe you're right. Huh. Anyway, because it goes like in a circle and then like, I assume it looks like that maybe. Yeah, because when they had, <laughs> when they had hands, um, hands across America, remember that? Yeah. They had hands around Lake Eola. <laughs> That's <laughs> like the ghetto version. Yeah. <laughs> Why would they do <laughs> to raise money? Like raise awareness or something. Like just need four hundred people to come out. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. They always raise awareness on stuff. Like, hey guys, just so you're aware. So, what are you raising awareness for? Aware that we can all hold hands around this lake. Right. Oh, well, that's yep. Well, mm-hmm. there yeah. it is. Now Maybe they're raising awareness on hand holding. Maybe yeah. maybe there's parts of the United States people don't know that you can hold hands. Oh, yeah. I think the whole so world needs to know more about that. Yeah. So now all of America should know because they had hands across America. So yeah, we already know. We're like, you know, we can hold hands. Exactly. Like, yeah, we know we did it like in the 80s. Yeah, we did it all the way across the United States. Oh. Mm-hmm. Unless you live like in North Dakota, then you wouldn't know. Yeah, fuck them. Because there, there were no hands across your state. <laughs> or you can go to North Dakota. We're not even the best Dakota. Yeah. So was, um, yeah. what's that? What'd you say? None. No, because Jake says that all the time, too. He does, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's that from? Family guy. Family guy. I mean, yeah, I don't know where he got it from, but he says it, too. Um, <laughs> was, was, so was Maynard a regular on the show, or was this just... Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I got the I thought he was just on this, this one episode kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. All right. Scene three. Meanwhile, back at Dobie's dad's shop, Maynard brings little Katrina to show Dobie. They set her down on the scale, and Maynard says, wow, 280 pounds. <laughs> Dobie looks at the scale and says, Maynard, that's $2.80. Maynard grabs Katrina and says, oh, she's worth more than that. Dobie says, yeah, she sure likes you, Maynard. Maynard <laughs> says, yeah, it thinks I'm its mother. It. <laughs> <laughs> Dobie looks in the basket and says, look, here's a note. Dobie pulls out the note, and Maynard says, 
Ooh, dope. It writes better than me. <laughs> Toby reads the note. Dear sir or madam. Maynard comments. Yeah, we must fit in there somewhere. Doby goes on. Please give to our baby a good home, as we cannot do it ourselves. Her name is Katrina, and she is one year old. If she cries, pat the back softly, and she will stop. Maynard begins to pat his own back and says, huh, didn't work. Doby says, the baby's back, Maynard. Maynard chuckles and says, oh, crazy. Hmm. Um, you'd think that if you're writing a note to leave your child with somebody, you put a little bit more information in there. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, this is her name. Her, she's about a year old or so. Yeah, it's like, every once in a while, shit will come out of her asshole. <laughs> and you need to to collect it and change it. <laughs> well, I don't mean so much like that, but... Oh. Not how to take care of a baby one-on-one, but a little oh, more oh. information about your specific child, you know, because said she is a year old. Okay. When's her birthday? Uh, yeah. yeah you, know, you know what I mean? Like, What's her favorite food? Yeah. What does she like to eat? What does she like to do? What's, yeah. which one is her? I don't know. I just <laughs> feel like there's more information needed to be on that. I get it. No, nope. you're right. If I ever give up a baby, I'll, I'll put more information in it just for you. Thank you. As long okay. as I'm raising awareness. Exactly. Yeah. Anybody out there, if you're looking to give a baby, give more details in your notes, please. Hey, we should do babies across America. We just lay babies head to toe and mm-hmm. stretch them all the way across the United States. Whoa. That's how you kill children. Oh, you mean the line, stretch the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I thought you meant we're going to stretch babies. No, no, we're not going to take one baby and stretch it across the United States. No. <laughs> okay. It'll break that's, way before that. Yeah, it's a, so, that's a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. It'll probably break before Texas, too. So Exactly, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. Dobie says, yeah, we've got to take her down to the police station. Maynard jumps at the thought of that and shouts, police! What for, Dobie? She didn't do nothing. Dobie explains, well, they'll try and find her parents, and if they can't do that, then they'll find some sort of home for her. Maynard narrows his eyes and says, hey, I heard about them homes. Nothing but stale bread and water, and maybe once in a while a whole mess of lumpy oatmeal. Dobie says, Maynard, they don't do things like that anymore. Maynard goes on, yeah, and when she's like around five, they'll send her out to work, and she'll be like sweeping chimneys and sleeping in some old, cold, miserable corner. Dobie, trying to be sensitive, says, Maynard. Maynard, not listening, just goes on. Ooh, five-year-old kid sweeping chimneys or working in a coal mine. Dobie, growing tired of his antics, says, Maynard, enough. Maynard, still not listening, says, and by the time she's eight, she'll be old, and they'll toss her out like a squeezed old grapefruit. Dobie asks, Maynard, where'd you ever get such silly ideas? Maynard asks, who says they're silly? Don't you remember them books we read in English class about England? You know, Oliver Twist and David Copperhead? Dobie, losing his shit like a young skipper, says, Maynard, that's Copperfield, and no wonder you flunked. Maynard says, yeah, Copperfield. Them little English orphans get kicked around like cricket balls. Forced to do magic. (laughs) Dobie says, Maynard, times have changed. Those books were written about conditions around 1850. Maynard in shock says, only 25 years ago. How much could times have changed since then? Toby says, now to think of it, you also flunked math. (laughs) Maynard, once again, not listening, says, yeah, she'll be wearing old rags and begging for crusts of bread. No games, no fun, no kit. Toby tries to interrupt, but to no avail. Maynard goes on, 
What a way to treat a little baby. You're taking away her Halloween and Christmas and Mother's Day, you rat. <laughs> you asshole. That's what you should have bust out. Um, yeah, the patting his own back thing was kind of funny. <laughs> um, the timing of this scene was strange. Um, it's like the guy that played Dobie had no business to do. You know, like oh, he's just kind of standing there waiting for the line to be done. You know what I mean? It would. I would have liked it better if... Dobie was doing something like stocking shelves and then Maynard was walking around annoying the shit out of him, you know, talking about all this while he was trying to get the stocking shelves done before his dad got back because he would get in trouble or whatever. To me, that would be a more interesting scene than Dobie having to stand around and wait for Maynard to get done with his line so that he could react. You know, it just felt kind of, I don't know. Mm. It That's didn't feel like it was flowing. He definitely needed something busy. Exactly. But stocking shelves wouldn't really be his thing because... No? It's kind of like one of the whole points, like where his dad is so mad at Dobie all the time because he doesn't do anything. He doesn't work. He doesn't, but he always wants oh, money. He always wants right. this and dad can have the car. He's like, yeah, you can fucking work. You put on a fucking apron and work in the store. Right. Yeah, he's yeah. like, really? And his mother, Dobie's mom, which I don't think you really see her much or at all in this episode. She like really cares for Dobie. So she's just like, let him be a teenager. Stop being okay. mean to him all the time, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, it's just kind of like, so, so he wouldn't be working, but he did, he did need something to do though. I agree with you. That's well, in point. that case, they could have easily brought the father into the scene. And every time Dobie was standing around too long, like his father would give him like the stink eye and he'd have to pretend to be working. Just something, <laughs> anything, you know? Yeah. Um, but man, talk about a well-behaved baby. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> God, that baby that, was, that baby was the most impressive part of this episode. Yeah, and that's I not agree. even me trying to be funny, like for real. <clears throat> All right. Scene four. Just then, Zelda walks into the shop and slams the door behind her as Maynard spins around and asks, and what about Father's Day, you other rat? Oh, shit. Zelda asks, Maynard, what's the matter with you? Maynard spins back to Dobie and gives her an oops look and tries to hide little Katrina. Zelda asks, hey, what's that? Maynard says, nothing. It's a sack of onions. I'm making the afternoon delivery. Zelda, not falling for this charade, <laughs> simply says, it's a baby. Maynard says, yeah, baby onions. <laughs> oh, shit. We almost need a boss like music there. Um, <laughs> Zelda says, it's adorable. Here. She spins Maynard around and takes the baby in her arms. As he hands Katrina to Zelda, Maynard says, it's no it. It's a she. Mm -hmm. And if you pat her back, she stops crying. Dobie fills Zelda in by saying Maynard found her in the park and this note came with it. It. <laughs> Zelda <laughs> hands Katrina back to Maynard as she reads a note. She says, oh, poor child. We have to turn her over to the police. Maynard shouts, Police. <laughs> oh, no. Stale bread. A cold, miserable corner. Joby, Doby shuts that shit down quick by saying, Maynard, not again. Mm. Maynard asks, can't I keep her for a while? Zelda <laughs> says, Maynard, your sentiments do you honor, but we've got no right to keep her. <laughs> That's the line my son was yeah. like, who talks like that? <laughs> yeah. Maynard says, yeah, I guess you're right. It's always like this with me. As soon as I start to like something, they take it away. Dobie attempts to stop him from talking, but Maynard goes on, like that fox terrier I had? Whenever I came home, he'd go, ruff, ruff, and I'd scratch his ears, and he'd lick my hand. Then I'd pull out the peanut butter. 
<laughs> but then he ran away. <laughs> then I found this duck. He got so he knew me. Whenever I came home, he'd go quack, quack, and go flapping around the yard, waiting for me to feed him. Toby once again attempts to stop him, but Maynard, not listening, reminisces on. But then I had to give him away on account of he laid eggs in the neighbor's yard. Now I got this baby, and she knows me too. She even bites my finger. The little baby sneezes. Maynard says, God bless you. She even bites my finger and gets to know me. Maybe know my name. But I'm going to lose her too. Just like I lost my dog and my duck. <laughs> Dobie and Zelda listen intently and take it all in. Maynard goes on, no more. Ruff, ruff. No more. Quack, quack. No more. Zelda, finally not able to take any more pity party, says, Maynard, stop it. You're breaking my heart. Dobie <laughs> says, Zelda, this is inhumane. Can't we let him keep her for just a little while? Zelda thinks for a second and says, well, but then all of a sudden, <laughs> Mr. Gillis comes in from the back storeroom. Dobie and Maynard quickly put Katrina into the basket and try to cover her up. Mr. Gillis, not falling for any kind of this tomfoolery, hmm. <laughs> quickly notices and runs over to the basket and says, what are you trying to hide, Maynard? Mm -hmm. Zelda says, oh, that's just full of nothing. Maynard mm -hmm. shouts, it's onions! Because <laughs> he shouted. You know? <laughs> and he grabs the basket and attempts to run out of the shop. But Mr. Gillis attempts to flank him. But Maynard goes to the other direction and out the door. As Dobie stops his father, Mr. Gillis says, I know you don't get onions in a clothes basket. After Maynard leaves the shop, Dobie and Zelda run out after him, shutting the shop door on Mr. Gillis. Mr. Gillis sighs and says, no, I can't say it. So like um, at the end where uh, Mr. Gillis sighs and says, no, I can't say it. You mean what I just said? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, what what he's actually saying is he like breaks the fourth wall and he says I can't say it, and what it is that he he was gonna say is he says it in almost every episode. He says, "I gotta kill that boy. I just gotta." So why <laughs> can't he his, say it this time? I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> he just says it in almost every episode. Hmm. <laughs> it's funny. It's weird that all of a sudden he can't pronounce it. That's strange. <laughs> well, sound it out, Mister Gill. Sound it out. <laughs> um, strange note. That was a pretty good dog bark, man. Like that was. <laughs> it was. Well, that was actually really did, good. Like, I mean, yeah, you did good. I mean, tell you practiced. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, Maynard kind of sucked, but I mean, I was fucking badass. <laughs> but no, no, for sure. real. Like his dog bark was actually really good. Like I was <laughs> also, I thought it was a sound effect at first. I was like, God, that was fucking good. Um, <laughs> I think this is the first time I've ever heard a female refer to a baby as an it and be corrected <laughs> by a man. Especially in the 60s or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, kudos to the sneeze. Yeah. How do you, know you get like, to do that right on cue? Yeah. But it's I mean, crazy. kudos to him for not fucking up be like, <laughs> and laughing and trying to make a joke out of it and shit. Like he just kind of fucking kept that shit going professional. That was cool. Well, I heard that there was another scene that, or another take where the baby sneezed and he goes, 
get this fucking kid out of here. This is going to give me like, freaking diseases. And he throws well, the kid down. Well, no. if you look at outtakes from like friends and stuff like that, everybody's got to try to make some fucking stupid joke and make the audience laugh and shit. And they got to start over like, okay, you could have just went and you could have just kept going. Like you didn't have to stop and try to be funny well, and shit. Funny like, thing there. There actually is <laughs> a friend scene where um, Matthew Perry as Chandler like messes up a line. Mm-hmm. And they do keep going and actually they like, keep it in the actual episode. Hmm. It's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. I think I know which one you're talking It's on like half the YouTube videos out there. Yeah. Mm, pretty funny. But also his father, he's yeah. straight up. He's straight up mafia. Like I'm not, not even <laughs> kidding. Like he's homeboy is in the mafia. <laughs> well, he's a World War II vet. So he's like. Maybe. He's, he's rough. That shit's he's, a cover. I'm telling you right now. Homeboy's in the fucking mafia. <laughs> that is a cover. <laughs> that's why he don't want to he wants his like son to work and shit because yeah he he doesn't want his son wrapped up in the business he's that's, he's fucking mafia right there <laughs> down there yeah, he's like no nonsense he's, he's importing like, drugs and shit on these shipping containers coming to the store I'm telling you homeboy is fucking mafia <laughs> <laughs> well, it was kind of I thought it was kind of weird I was watching another episode of this <clears throat> and uh Mr. Gillis was complaining about Dobie and him and his wife were having a conversation about it. Mrs. Gillis. And, uh, that's when she was like, let Dobie be a kid and just let him go do what he wants to do. And she was like, Dobie, you go off, you go do your thing, whatever. And he's like, but I need money. And she like slips some money. And he's like, thanks mom. Where do you think she and got that money? And he leaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, so she's, the, she's talking to Mr. Gillis and she's like, look, why, why are you so hard on him all the time? And he actually says the phrase, look, I love him. But he needs to grow up, and and which is really weird to see an old show like that where the dad right. actually says that he mm-hmm. loves their kid. <laughs> yeah, especially old Gilly Five Fingers. That's what his friends call him and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, homeboys mafia. Do you think he works with Sam the Butcher? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. But then again, Sam the Butcher's West Coast, and these guys I think are in Ohio. So, yeah, well, he's the one that's importing all the shit into the country. He's, he's Gilly five fingers, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Good little conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Ain't conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about conspiracy, but fucking Gilly five you. fingers over here. I'm telling you, I'm always spitting truth, man. You know how he's always after people and he wants to kick everybody's ass. That's him trying to restrain himself. They got him doing a shitty, like fucking store front thing. Like, no. Nah. You can't you can't contain Gilly Five Fingers. It ain't about that. And I'm fairly certain I am not fronting. <laughs> you sound like a gangster just then. Uh, I had to check my own wallet, make sure I didn't get stolen. <laughs> Scene five. Meanwhile, later at the school, Maynard wearing a large backpack, excuse me, knapsack, Mm-mm. stinks up on Dobie sitting outside. He whispers, Hey Dobe, where's Zelda? Doby says she's in class with everybody else. <laughs> Doby notices the large backpack and asks, Maynard, why are you wearing that knapsack? As Maynard begins to speak, Doby stops him by saying, and don't tell me. Maynard thinks for a second and without telling him, he turns around and pulls the string and reveals little Katrina in the backpack. Aww. Maynard says, how do we know she isn't a papoose? Isn't that that thing at the, name of, at the end of a train? <laughs> yep, I think, I think you're right. You have the engine, the carts, and the papoose. Exactly, yeah. Dobie yeah. rolls his eyes and says, Maynard, we got to find a place to leave her until we decide what to do. <laughs> like, 
Can we just put her over here by the dumpster? Can't you just make her? <laughs> <laughs> we can put her over here in this alley with uh, with Jennifer from Back to the Future. Just put her in the garbage can. Nobody's going to throw away shit until lunchtime. <laughs> then all of a sudden, a janitor walks by and they quickly turn and cover up Katrina as not to be seen. Oh, never mind about Once the Once he leaves, <laughs> Dobie says, Maynard, it's a cinch we can't leave her here. Maynard says, why don't we take her to class with us? Dobie's eyes widen as he asks, Mr. Pomfret's class? Surely you jest. <laughs> <laughs> My son, once again, who talks like that? <laughs> Maynard asks, why not? Who'd notice one more sleeping kid in that class? Dobie says, that's out of the question. Just then, three more students come out a nearby door, and the boys duck to hide the child again. Once they pass, Maynard says, well, Dobie? Dobie says, well, Maynard? Maynard says, I asked you first. Dobie shakes his head and says, I've heard of starting kids in school early, but this is ridiculous. Oh, that was a good one. Why don't they just put the baby in the locker? Um, First off, who the fuck is Shirley? (laughs) I know he was like talking to the Jeremy Shower. Yeah. Shirley walks by going, what's that, Dobie? Oh, apparently somebody walked Shirley. by telling a joke. Apparently he's too far from the microphone mm-hmm. and he's like, surely you jest. And then they don't even fucking show her. It's <laughs> kind of fucked up. Um, but way to look conspicuous or inconspicuous rather. You know what I mean, like <laughs> yeah. every time somebody comes in, they turn like nobody would have looked at you if you wouldn't have done that. Like, <laughs> and stare at them as they walk yeah. by. <laughs> it looks like a janitor that walked by and they're like, huh, and they're staring yeah. and he just kind of looks at him like fucking kids, man. <laughs> I mean, the way Good to look is to, is to like wear the backpack and just be like, whatever you do, don't look in those bushes over there. Then nobody's going to look at the backpack. Boom. Um, <laughs> but again, again, kudos to that baby for being so well behaved, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. damn, they must have drugged that baby or something. They must have gave it Benadryl oh or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the only, I mean, there's no way a baby's that like behave. That's crazy. Well, it's a stage baby, Jimmy. No, it's, it's a real one. Stunt double. It's a real one. <laughs> it's probably the stunt double baby Maybe <laughs> By the way I had to look it up What a papoose was mm-hmm. And as soon as I figured it out Or not figured it out I read on Google what it was I was like oh yeah But a papoose is a backpack Made to carry around children Carry Very children around in is that, for, is, a pa- is that from another country? I've never heard that term well, at first I thought it was some sort of like racial slur that like they could get away with in 1960. Well, I thought it was like a European thing, like something they use over in Europe. And that's why we, I thought it was like a native American thing. Okay. Which I think is what it was. Like one, cause I, when I was watching, I had the same towns. I wonder if that's from another country. And then I had this other random thought, which I was thinking, do they play like card games in North Korea? And if so, do they call it Kim Jong Uno? <laughs> So if so, that would just be funny and clever. Like, <laughs> where, where, what, what do you feed your brain, Jimmy? Uh, Monster energy. Yeah, it shows. Yeah. No, that's a. It's quite a thought. But Mister Uno, like if you're listening, you can you can use that. <laughs> you're not listening. They don't have the internet over there. That's true. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Scene six. A few minutes later, in Mr. Ponfret's class, uh, I don't know why it felt like that. <laughs> Mr. Ponfret says, now, my young Bunsen burners, mm-hmm. let's turn to study the element gold. 
Oh. <laughs> Zelda Gilroy. <laughs> nice name. What do you know about this important metal? Zelda says, well, its chemical symbol is AU. And its atomic weight is 197.2. Mm. Mr. Prophet smiles and says, I'm nerd. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Prophet smiles and says, very good. Zelda smiles at a job. Well done. <laughs> Next, Mr. Prophet moves on to another student. He says, Chadsworth, Osborne Jr. In what form is gold usually found? Rich kid Chadworth smartly says, in the form of money. Mm-hmm. And then he laughs at his own joke. Mr. Promfort says, yes, but it does appear in other forms. Chathworth says, how vulgar. <laughs> Mr. Pomfret, not putting up with this charade, says, also how true. Chathworth mm-hmm. says, I have no wish to question your authority, Mr. Pomfret, but I am considered rather an expert on the subject of gold. You see, my family invented it. <laughs> Mr. Pomfret, now with his arms crossed, says, Mr. Osborne, you don't seem to be aware that this is a class in chemistry, not a seat on the New York Stock Exchange, which oh, probably accounts that you are number one man on our flunk list. Oh, fuck. Is that like rap music? <laughs> Chats were flunk. Oh, oh, yeah. Chatsworth almost falls out of his chair and says, Egad! What if Mumsy should find out? Mr. Pomfret, not having any extra fucks to give at all, monotonously says, the mind trembles. <laughs> Chatsworth says, she'd pack me off to military school quicker than you can say Federal Reserve Bank note. Mr. Pomfret, enjoying the comment, says, well, we can always hope, can't we? Oh, it shit. It would be funny if the whole class in unison said Federal Reserve Bank note. <laughs> It'd be funny if the whole class went, ooh. After he said that, like, <laughs> after he said, we can all hope. Mr. Pomfret now stands up and addresses the whole class as he says, Now let us make the long return journey to science. Gold is a useful and important metal. However, there are certain elements which are, he then turns to Chatsworth and emphasizes shifty, deceitful, unstable, tricky. Just then Maynard with his backpack on and Dobie walk in as Maynard asks, you rang? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dobie smiles and says, hi, Mr. Pontiff. Are we late? Mr. Pomfret says, for spring vacation? No. For this class, yes. Now, what is in your knapsack? Mm. Maynard steps away and asks, what knapsack? Oh, shit. Mr. Pomfret follows Maynard as he backs up and says, the knapsack that's going to take you right down to the principal's office if you don't shape up and tell me. Oh, shit. Dobie cuts him off, takes a seat next to Zelda and says, oh, that knapsack. That's uh, uh, my lunch. My lunch. Mr. Pomfret says, you're kidding. Maynard says, yeah, like it's my lunch, too, Mr. Pomfret, sir. Zelda quickly looks at the knapsack and notices little Katrina inside. Mr. Pomfret puts his hands in his pockets and says, well, Maynard, I've seen you're under a full head of steam in the school cafeteria, so that I can believe. Mr. Pomfret turns back to his desk and says, now class, if you will turn the page 208 in your textbooks, we will prepare for today's experiment. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Why, why is, uh, what's his name? Chadworth? Why is he wearing a tie? Chatsworth. Yeah. 
Because he's one of those rich guys that always dresses well. Hmm. All right. Um, I bet that teacher's only like 25. <laughs> this is a long time ago. And they all looked old. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's going to send him to the principal's office for wearing a backpack. The fuck? Yeah. That's not a fucking around in 1960, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, my next, because I didn't know who he was. I was like, why does that dude talk like that? But yeah, you had already answered that. So. Yeah, I like Chad's thing. He cracks me up. Hmm. I don't know why. You know who he, real quick, tangent, uh, you mm-hmm. know who he reminds me of? Um, when he Mr. talks? Howell? No. Oh. Do you remember seeing an interview on YouTube with that kid that's super stoned? You can't understand what he's saying? So what the the surfer do? Uh, I'm not sure if we're talking about the same thing, we're but I have it queued waves. up. <laughs> Here, how are you feeling, man? I, I'm pretty lucky. <laughs> Say what? I'm, pre- I, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm pretty bad. <laughs> what? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm good. You're, you're, how are you? I'm good. Can you finish these lyrics real quick? Okay. <laughs> back home again. I can't wait to get back on the road again. Back again? Dude. Like front of baggers? Like, I don't know if I'm not Just look at it. Back home again. Back home again. In. 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 Land. That's who it reminded me of. As soon as I heard him, I was like, holy shit, that's the stoner kid from YouTube. So. I haven't seen that video, but it does sound like that. Yeah. Especially later. <laughs> Mr. Pomfrey, Mr. Pomfrey. Something else going on right here. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of is he sound like that stoner game. <clears throat> so. That's funny. Scene Savon. As the class prepares and opens her books, Zelda whispers to Dobie, now don't tell me you couldn't find any place to leave that baby. <laughs> Dobie whispers back, no place. Maynard whispers, I ask you not to tell her. Oh, damn. Dobie just looks at Maynard and says, Maynard. He turns to Zelda and says, Zelda, we couldn't leave her at home. My folks would find her in two minutes. Maynard says, yeah, and we didn't have a quarter to put it in one of those lockers at the bus station. Mm. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, little Katrina begins to squirm and cry. Oh, Katrina. Mr. Pomfret asks, what was that? Dobie asks, uh, what was what? Katrina cries some more. Mr. Pomfret says, that. <laughs> Dobie says, that what? <laughs> Mr. Pomfret rolls his eyes and says to himself, and to think I turned down a chance to go into air conditioning. Zelda says, Toby, get that baby out of here. You've Ooh, got damn. to. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. Maynard says, good thinking. Zelda says, maybe we could sneak her out the window. Maynard says, good thinking. Doby adds, and then we could take her over to Maynard's house. Maynard shakes his head and says, bad thinking. Doby asks, why not? Maynard says, I don't exactly understand it, Dobe. But ever since I was born, my father ain't too crazy about babies. Zelda simply says, no comment. She's such a legend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Have they not been feeding this baby? (laughs) (laughs) Or changing its diaper? The the baby probably stinks. Yeah. It's probably why it's crying. (laughs) I guess. I don't know. I guess if you just wait Mm -hmm. enough long enough, it'll stop crying, apparently. But damn. (laughs) (sighs) Ah. How does Mr. Pomfret not know what a baby crying sounds like? It sounded just like a baby crying. I don't know. And he was like, what was that? And I'm surprised like, I didn't cough. Uh, sorry, I have allergies. Like, really? <laughs> Expect all three of them just to go, eh. 
You're like, make the same noise. <laughs> what are you doing? I broke my pencil lead. <laughs> oh, Zelda just broke up with her boyfriend, even though she's a legend. Um, yeah. All right. Scene eight. Just then, still in class, Chatsworth walks over to the three. Dobie spots this and immediately says, please, Chatsworth, we're trying to work. Mm-hmm. Chatsworth says, oh, do tell. <laughs> Just then Katrina lets out a whimper. Chatsworth in excitement says, oh, 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 that sound didn't come from any of you. (laughs) Mr. Pomfret, Mr. Pomfret, something rather odd is going on around here. (laughs) Katrina now begins to cry loudly. Mr. Pomfret says, I hear it again. (laughs) That strange sound that I've never heard before ever in the history of man. Zelda says, it's just a little experiment I'm working on, Mr. Pomfret. Just then, Zelda mixes two liquids together, and they fizz up, overflowing the beakers, you know, around a baby. <laughs> Zelda lifts it into Chatsworth's face as she says, not too close. It's liable to explode, you know, around a baby. <laughs> Chatsworth jumps back. Mr. Pomfret, not taking any more shit, says, I'll get to the bottom of this if it takes me all semester. Mm, shit. Mr. Pomfret jumps up and walks over to the kids. Dopey stands up and says, oh, Mr. Pomfret, and spins around in a circle while Maynard grabs the knapsack and hands it off to Zelda. Maynard continues to run to the door, faking Mr. Pomfret into chasing him. Zelda spins back around with a knapsack and hands it off to Dobie as Mr. Pomfret goes after Zelda, who's a legend. <laughs> Doby Doby sneaks up behind Mr. Pomfret and out the door with Katrina in the knapsack. An incredible play. <laughs> Meanwhile, Chatsworth is yelling out to Mr. Pomfret, "It's right here! It's right here!" <laughs> but with all the commotion, Mr. Pomfret can't keep up. Soon, the whole class is piling out the door and practically running over Mr. Pomfret. I have to say. That whole thing was executed amazingly well. Yeah, that was pretty good. Did you watch it? I had to watch it a couple times. I didn't watch it a couple of times, no. (laughs) It was funny because I was watching it with my son, and after it happened, I paused it. I was like, did you see that? (laughs) He's like, what? He's like, did you actually watch how they choreographed that whole thing? He's like, I wasn't really paying attention. I was like, let's go back. (laughs) So he watched it, and he was just like, wow. (laughs) How do they? I was like, right? That was done. That must have taken like. A hundred times rehearsing, at least. Yeah. And I was like, how the hell they... And then he was like, they just made that up on the spot? Because it was rehearsed. And he's like, no, I meant like in the show. Like, they just made that up. <laughs> moving <laughs> it around. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> like, hmm. And I was like, that was executed perfectly. Like, it was, it was hard to follow it around as it was like spinning around. Even like I got tricked with my eyes, you know. Hmm. That was really cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't stand out as much to me as it did to you, but I do recognize that it was executed well. Also, I watched episodes from season one, and Mr. Pomfret was in season one, but he was teaching English. Hmm. So now he teaches chemistry in season two. So That's strange. That's weird. I don't that understand. would be like a drama teacher teaching, like, you know, <laughs> typing or some weird subject like that. like Or you're... Your PE teacher also teaches English. Well, that'd be like, no, that'd be like your PE teacher becoming your guidance counselor. Like that shit ever happens. <laughs> so, Wait, is, that, is that a joke? Yeah, Miss Val. Val. Oh. Mm-hmm. What school was that? 
Kennedy. Is it Kennedy? Yeah. Yeah. She was a PE teacher. Yeah, she was, was she was my PE teacher. PE teacher. And then when I was in eighth grade, she was a guidance counselor. Oh. Huh. Hmm. A little Weird. Dick Sergeant Dick York thing. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but anyways, that baby, when they showed it, like fussing, that baby was trying to poop. That's what it looked like. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, that baby looked like it was straight trying to poop. Um, and that, yeah, that's why I said he sounded like that high dude on the tube of views. But um, I already played that. Scene nine. Ooh. As they run down the hallway with Katrina in the knapsack, Dobie spots an empty music room. They all run inside and shut the door. Maynard can apparently carry a baby-filled knapsack with only one hand. Oh, shit. See that? That is like impressive. straight out, too. Yeah. Once safe, Zelda says, Maynard, now look, we got to stop sneaking around like a bunch of criminals. <laughs> you got to do something about that baby. Maynard says, like, right, Zelda, you got to do something about this baby. <laughs> Zelda asks me. Maynard says, Oh, thank you, Zelda. Thank you. You're all heart, little mother. Toby <laughs> says, Maynard, cut that out. You're the one that's going to have to do something about the baby. Maynard thinks for a second and says, oh, I got it. I'll adopt her. Zelda, without missing a beat, says, impossible. Toby says, adoptions are only for married people. Maynard says, that's silly. She's too young to get married. Toby <laughs> says, Maynard... You'd have to be married. Maynard says, oh. Why would he marry a baby? <laughs> Sorry. Maynard puts down the knapsack, drops to one knee and says, Zelda? But Zelda shuts that shit down quick and mm. says, absolutely not. Damn. Maynard says, I'll polish my sneakers and everything. Zelda says, up, boy, up. Maynard, feeling a bit down about his recent proposal rejection, says, oh. Why do you hate me, Zelda? I'm a human person. Zelda says, oh, Maynard, look, I don't hate you. Maynard stands up and says, oh, I got it. He puts his arm around Doby and pushes her to Zelda and says, Dobe, why don't you and Zelda get married? Then you two can like, as Zelda smiles at the idea, Doby shuts that shit down quick and says, absolutely not. He turns to Zelda and says, no offense, Zelda. Hmm. Maynard, trying to help, says, she's all brains. Maybe after a while... You'll get used to her. Dobie attempts to stop him before he starts, but Zelda interrupts and says, Now let's not be too hasty to dump a good idea. <laughs> she then she then looks at him with a scrunched up face for some reason. Yeah, I didn't get that either. No. And he does it back for some reason. Hmm. Then Dobie says, Maybe that's fine. the old faces. <laughs> fine, fine. We're, we're child smugglers and she's wrinkling. Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> I bet you it was... That's hilarious in 1960. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just then, Maynard says, I've got another great idea. As Dobie walks to check and see if anyone is coming, he says, I hope it's better than the last one. Maynard picks up the knapsack and says, why don't I send the baby home with you, Zelda? Zelda also shuts that shit down quick and says, oh no, there are six girls in my family already. And if one more shows up, my father will pick up his hat in foreign legionsville. Whatever that means. That's some funny shit. <laughs> I assume that meant like, kind of like saying like, I stayed the Knights of Columbus. I stay at the YMCA. You know, I assume All I know is like this show is so ahead of its time, we don't understand what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find out what Legions, Foreign Legionsville is later. Yeah, we'll check yeah. that. We'll find out that shit in like 20 years, apparently, because the show's <laughs> ahead of its time. <laughs> Maynard asks, what if one of the girls gets married? 
Zelda says, now that's possible. You see, my sisters are almost as attractive and desirable as I am. So in that case, Maynard cuts her off as he says, in that case, we better forget it. Bird! (laughs) (laughs) Maynard goes on, I'll just have to stand up and fight to keep this baby myself. Hmm. Hmm. Dobie, while watching the door, shuts it and runs over to Maynard and Zelda. He says, Maynard, Mr. Pomfret's coming down the hall. Maynard repeats, Mr. Pomfret's coming down the hall? Dobie (laughs) says, yeah. Maynard says, like, bye. And he runs to the open window, hands the baby to Zelda, steps outside, and takes the baby to get away. So is this is this episode supposed to be like a metaphor for like teenage pregnancy or something? I don't think so. No? Okay. Um, that chick is really short. <laughs> She's yeah. really tiny. Um, yeah. In kind of a weird way, <laughs> she reminds me of Jasmine. <laughs> okay. You don't think so? No, but all right. I'm not Princess Jasmine. I'm talking about your daughter. I, I'm familiar okay, with who right. Jasmine is. <laughs> okay. She, she doesn't remind you of her at all? Like not even a little bit? No. Oh, okay. All right. I, this happens with me and my wife all the time. I'll be like, yeah. they kind of remind me of so-and-so. And she'll be like, no, I don't see that at all. I mean, what do you mean you don't see that? How can you not see <laughs> no. that? It doesn't make any sense. It's pretty no. common with you. Be like, doesn't that girl look just like... And then who you'll say somebody will be like, not even a little bit. <laughs> I don't know what you're okay. hmm. There's only been a handful of times where I'll say something. My wife's like... Oh my God, it does. I'm like, see, I'm not dumb. <laughs> so. Gotcha. So in the, I was watching the first season and Zelda doesn't appear till like episode three. Okay. And um, so Zelda is actually sits at the desk in science class next to Dobie. Well, I thought it was English, English class in scene one or in season one. I don't know. They're just in science class. Oh, I think it's taught by a Mr. Mitchell. Oh, oh, okay. That's why I was getting confused. Okay. You may know him um, as Dr. I forgot his name, but he was the the male doctor on the um, Brady Bunch episode with the measles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Opposite of um, Marion. Yeah. Yeah. And he's also the dad on Dennis Menace. Yeah. Um, Dr. Feelgood. (laughs) He played um, the science teacher in um, season one. Anyway. Okay. So he's sitting, he sits next to Zelda and, um, in class. And then Dobie's kind of going through some problems with Thalia, which you don't know Thalia. Um, cause he's like in love with this girl, but like, like he fell in love with her the moment he saw her. He was like, I look, you know, and, um, and so he's having this dilemma and he turns to Zelda and he goes, look, you're the smartest one in this class. You sit next to me all year long, but yet you say nothing to me. Like, can you at least help me? And so the first thing Zelda says is she looks at Dobie and she goes, oh, I love you. And he's like, what? <laughs> and uh, she's like, I love you. And he's like, what are you talking about? Um, she, she, he's like, um, one thing, but there's a problem. I don't love you. And she goes, that's okay. She goes, what we have is propinquity. And even then I was like, what? Dobie was like, what is that? It's like propinquity. He's like, basically, we're going to be near each other all through high school because science classes see each other alphabetically. I'm Gilroy. You're Gillis. We will always be next to each other. Propinquity is when people, two people fall in love because they spend so much time together. And so she was saying, we don't have to be together now, but we will eventually because we're always going to be together. Hmm. And so that's what propinquity is. Um, 
So that's a little storyline that you probably didn't know about. She's actually in love with Dobie Gillis. Well, I got that much, by the way. She was smiling and shit when they were talking about yeah, yeah. And so, but she kind of keeps it to herself. She lets Dobie do what is Dobie thing, like dating other girls, where she it doesn't bother her because she knows eventually one day. She's playing, she's playing the long game. She's playing the long game. Yeah. Right on. So, you know, according to science, they'll be together one day. Hmm. Apparently he's going to marry the rest of the class too then. So, <laughs> and I noticed in the thumbnail for the show on uh, Amazon Prime, hmm. um, I was looking at thumbnail, actually ran a point at thumbnail. My son, he goes, is this thumbnail like a spoiler? And it shows Dobie Gillis and Zelda look like they're getting married. Hmm. <laughs> And I was like, holy shit, I, I think it is. <laughs> I think it is a spoiler. Okay. So, That's cool. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, tangent, but a little fun fact backstory. Um, scene 10. Later at the park, the three sit on the benches and think. Zelda paces around as Maynard holds Katrina in his arms. Dobie stands up and says, look, I don't want to do anything to hurt the baby either, but we can't hide her anymore. It's too risky. Zelda says... We'll just have to take her to the police station. Maynard jumps up and shouts, police. Dobie calms him down by saying, Maynard. Maynard sits back down as Dobie says, Maynard, be reasonable. It's the only way. Maynard says, first of all, they took away my rough, rough. (laughs) Then they took away my quack, quack. Now they, but Dobie interrupts. Maynard, stop that. We're only doing what we have to do. Maynard says, yeah, why fight it? It's bigger than both of us. Maynard now getting off the park bench and onto the ground. Zelda steps forward and says, it's better this way. Dear, sweet, gentle Maynard. Maynard says, all right, but let's get it over with quick and painless. Go get the police. But then Maynard realizes what he just said and shouts, police. Mm. (laughs) Us two will wait here. Zelda then takes Dobie by the arm and says, come on, Dobie. And then starts to walk off, leaving Maynard with Katrina, feeling sad and hopeless. Mm-hmm. Maynard says to Katrina, hey there, do you like me? I like you, Katrina. Katrina coos. Maynard goes on, oh, you're a pretty little baby. You're like prettier than my duck. Aww. You're like prettier than my fox terrier, too. Oh, he was smarter, but you're a lot prettier. Zelda and Dobie watch and feel sad for Maynard and then walk off. Hmm. Hmm. I, I, I can't get over how being haved this baby is, man. Like it's, it's crazy. <laughs> being haved. Yeah. Being haved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's impressive. <laughs> Scene. As Maynard continues to sit with Katrina at the park, a woman passes by pushing a stroller. The woman says, Oh, hey, yours is cute. Maynard stands up and says, your ass ain't too shabby either. No. Hell yeah. <laughs> no. He says, uh, stands up with Katrina and says, like, thank you. He takes a look in her stroller to see her bundle of joy. He says, hey, so is yours. The woman says, yeah, 13 months old. Name's Gerald. Maynard says, nice to meet you, Gerald. No. <laughs> so Maynard asks, boy or girl? The woman says, <laughs> Boy, <laughs> Gerald Tarantino, but we've been calling him by his middle name, Quentin. <laughs> he loves movies a lot too, which is weird. Oh, that's strange. He also likes <laughs> stuff that's bloody and gory. <laughs> 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 uh, 
He says the N-word a lot, too, which yeah. is very inappropriate, but somehow he gets away with it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maynard says, mine's Katrina. The note says she's a year old. The woman <laughs> asks, note, are you her father? Maynard says, no, her mother. <laughs> Mrs. Tarantino looks at him strangely, but then says, mine kept me up half the night. Just wouldn't go to sleep. Maynard says, yeah, well, mine sleeps like a baby. <laughs> the woman awkwardly <laughs>, laughs and says, that's wonderful. What do you have her on? A special diet or something? Maynard says, no, nothing special. Just chocolate ice cream and ginger ale. <laughs> the woman shocked by this asks, where are your cereals and your strained vegetables? Maynard says, I don't eat them. Why should she? Mrs. Tarantino smiles a bit and says, well, you got a point. Got to admit, she looks pretty good. Just then Katrina loudly baby talks. And Maynard says, yeah. So it's a wonder she can walk. <laughs> I thought that was a really good improv too by him too. <laughs> yeah. She was like, nah, 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 nah. and he was just like, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Um, ever notice whenever there's a baby on a set that they always, like, especially a sitcom, they always are looking up at the ceiling lights. Every single one of them. <laughs> and every once in a while, you have those actors that's never dealt with a baby and they want to like crank their head back down to a normal position. It's just fine. <laughs> Look at me. When Look I at me. Fuck, who the fuck looks at the ceiling? Stop it. <laughs> no, that's kind of funny. Trying to give away the illusion, man. <laughs> that's why if we're ever on a sitcom, we have to look up at the lights. I'm just constantly going to be looking up. And I'm just going to go, hey, 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 look at the lights up there. Look at the lights. <laughs> Wait, Jimmy, stop. We're supposed to be so looking stop. That's the fifth time you've done this. I'm funny anymore. <laughs> I have to explain. He's fucking acting like a baby on a sitcom. You know? Like, yeah, I know. You already said that three ah. times. <laughs> Jimmy, stop. Scene 12. Meanwhile, as Zelda, the legend, and Dobie <laughs> walk and think, Zelda says, Dobie, I'm worried. Maynard is so crazy about that kid. He's liable to do something desperate. Dobie says, no, he wouldn't do anything unkind. Maynard doesn't know the meaning of the word unkind. Like literally, no. Mm -hmm. um, Zelda says, there's a lot of words that Maynard doesn't know the meaning of, including kidnapping. Oh, shit. Dobie says, Oh, Zelda. Maynard couldn't. And as he's about to sit on the bench, he stops suddenly and then realizes, quick, before it's too late, let's get that baby to the police station. The pair then run off back to Maynard and Katrina. It's almost like Zelda is on a quest. Huh. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, she's a legend. So, <laughs> What was Zelda thinking Maynard might do? I think that I took it as they f they came to the realization that they are literally kidnapping a baby. Well, right. So the way I see it is because Zelda says um, Maynard is so crazy about the kid, he's liable to do to something desperate, which she's meaning like kidnapping the kid, running off, right. taking the baby with him. Not or, reporting it to the police station. Yeah. Yeah. And but then Dobie says, no, he wouldn't do anything unkind. So what was Dobie thinking he was going to do? Murder he was gonna the like, child? Yeah, like burn the baby? If nobody can have her. You it's know, a witch. Have her, burn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I can't have her, nobody can kind of a situation. Probably, yeah. yeah. And just because she's like, oh, he's, she, he's liable to do something crazy. And he's like, oh, he's not going to murder the baby. Mm. And she's like, what the fuck? What? No. Like <laughs> kidnapping. Hmm. And he's like, oh, oh, shit. Yeah, we better go. 
Yeah. That was the whole I scene. I mean, if the three of them put their heads together, they can figure it out. Almost like a, like, cause there's three of them, almost like a, like a Triforce, you know? But <laughs> I'm not sure where you're going with this. It's another Zelda joke. Oh, then, damn. Is it? Um, you know, the Triforce, the three triangles. I understand what a triangle is. <laughs> I don't Look know the, the reference to Zelda. No. Google Triforce. Google okay. Zelda Triforce. Oh, now I got to be Zelda's Triforce. No. Yeah. <clears throat> Zelda Tri. Look at it. It already finishes it for me. There you go. Hmm. Do you want to say the joke again? <laughs> You know, I think if they put their heads together, they can figure it out. Almost like, almost like a, like a, almost like a, because tri- there's three of them, like a Triforce, uh-huh. you, know? you know, I don't get the rip. No, just kidding. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm just about to do it again. And then the third time. Yeah. I, I still don't get it. Okay. I promise I'll pretend I know. I promise I'll pretend. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Just say Triforce. Triforce? <laughs> yeah. Like from Zelda again. Yeah, I get it. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um uh I thought he was um I mean I thought he was being I thought he was kind to take the baby and not let the baby just fucking die. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I mean because they're talking about like him doing any like they're making it sound like he's being a dick or being mean, but he could have just been like, fucking ain't my baby, ain't my problem. You know what I mean? Just fucking leave it there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard stories about in South America where fucking ants attack babies. So, like, you know, that could have happened. We don't know where this is filmed. We don't know where this is filmed. They might have, like, killer wombats or something. I don't know. Like, so the uncles just let all the ants do it? Maybe, yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, this is where we take our next break. So, Maynard has found a baby and has fallen in love with it. Uh-huh. But Dobie and Zelda know that he's not ready to be a father just yet. Mm, okay. Will they take Katrina to the police station? Maybe. Please! <laughs> While Maynard kidnapped baby Katrina and run off to a deserted island? He kind of already kidnapped her. Oh, okay. Will he become a genie in training? I'm a genie in a bottle, baby. Come, come, come on and let me out. Oh, yeah. We'll be back. comic book fan we've got a few questions for you were you obsessed with x-men as a kid did you stand in line to get a copy of the death of superman in the black poly bag did you buy every image comic no matter how long it took to hit the shelves then have we got the show for you Wizards, the podcast guide to comics, is the podcast where Adam and Michael re-examine the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine and explore the world of gimmick covers, massive crossover events, and find out if those 20 copies of X-Force number one you stashed in your long box really did put your kids through college. And that's not all. We also bring you exclusive interviews with former Wizard staff members who tell behind-the-scenes stories from the guide to comics that defined a generation. In our special series, The Wizard Files. And wait, there's more! You'll get mini-episodes with 90s comic book reviews and more nostalgic fun. Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is brought to you by the Retro Network every Wednesday. So subscribe today on your favorite podcast app, and remember to keep your books bagged and boarded. 
and we are a back. Ooh, doggy, that was a good one. Ooh, Is that like a foreshadowing for what's coming up, maybe? What, that was a good one? Oh, ooh, doggy. Well, I don't know why it... Oh, oh, it's random chance now, right? Is there something on this that has to do with a dog? No. It's from Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, I don't know what it's from. I just enjoy saying it. <laughs> Oh, so you're like a natural redneck. Okay. That's cool. Ooh, doggy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in this episode, they talk about, they, obviously, he finds a, a baby. Um, <laughs> what's yeah. the, the coolest or most interesting thing you've ever found? Oh. It could have been outside in a park. It could have been like with, oh. with a metal detector or whatever it I is. I got something. I got an answer for you. Yeah? Okay. Best thing I ever found? I thought I thought for sure you're gonna be like I gotta I gotta uh, go fuck yourself. I thought, so there you go. Like I thought for sure that's where yeah. you're just the way you were coming. Like okay, I got something for you. Like oh oh sorry, <laughs> it's right there and I pull it out. <laughs> no, uh, it's friendship, Jimmy. <laughs> I think I say Jesus. <laughs> I found love one time, <laughs> but that was taken away from me too. Hmm. Kind of like my dog. Oh, and my duck. I never had a duck, Jimmy. Oh, neither one. Get your head out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure, though, but seriously. Um, I don't know. I feel like later when we start recording, I'm be like, oh, shit. I fucking, oh, my God. I forgot <laughs> about that. Maybe you can spark something. What about you? you well, I know your mom me? one time had found, um, <laughs> when we lived, Burn. when we lived up in Illinois. <laughs> She found a, um, I guess, an, an electric razor from like the 50s or something like that up in the attic. Okay. Remember that? No. Oh, I remember that. Um, let's see. The the coolest or most impressive thing I've ever found. I found an antique golf club in Goodwill one time. By antique, I mean it had the wooden shaft on it, really old. I found that. That was pretty neat. I mm. paid $2.99. No, $1.99 for it. Hmm. It was a That's really, cool. really old golf club from I'm probably pretty- like the 40s. I've been pretty lucky with finding money a lot. Yeah? Like, remember when we went to that that convention, MegaCon? Yeah. Or it wasn't MegaCon, but it was some other No, it was the, the, the film festival. Yeah, film festival. And uh, and I found like 10 bucks in the ground. Yeah, I remember that. It was like yeah. two fives, and I gave one to you, and I kept one. Hell um, yeah. Like, I, it hasn't happened to me in a long time, but I find money a lot. <laughs> which is kind of, And it's never like bullshit, like a buck here or a buck there. Like, I found up to like 200 bucks before. Oh, wow. It's nice. I am always like, oh, thanks God. Or hmm. That's pretty interesting. I've had really good luck at Goodwill. Like I found a really nice yeah. uh, compound bow at Goodwill one time. That was pretty neat. Sure. You can never yeah. have too many of those. Yeah. I found a, um, a, a, a microscope the other day. Oh, yeah. You just recently got that. Yeah. Yeah. We use them at work a lot for, for small electronics and I've wanted one mm-hmm. at home for a while. I've got the, the ring light that you use. Uh, but mm-hmm. I wanted a, a scope as well, so now I got a, a dual optic scope. It's pretty nice. Yeah, I got my um, uh, record player at Goodwill one time, mm. and uh, well, it wasn't a Goodwill, but it was a thrift shop, ASPCA thrift shop, and uh, Aspica. Yeah, Aspica. I don't um, know how you spell it out. It's a hard name to pronounce. <laughs> and uh, I was really lucky because I was like, I was like, holy shit, this record player! Like, it's not even that old. Like it's, hmm. it's a, I think it's made by Sony, I think. And I was like, this is not old at all. And I was like, wonder if it works. And sure enough, it works and it works really well. And it's, I'm pretty happy. I think I spent like 10 bucks on it. I love my record and, player. 
I know you got a really cool one, really nice yeah. record player, and I would love to definitely upgrade one day. Mm. Um, but um, this is for 10 bucks. I got a really fantastic deal, and oh, I yeah. still use it to this day. It's a really good record player. I've got an old Kenwood in the closet um, from the from like the 90s. Um, yeah, one thing I found the other day that I was way too excited about, I found a, um, a potato peeler. And it's the kind that you you put yeah. the potato onto this thing and you crank the the, the handle. I think it's supposed to be for apples, but you can use for potatoes too. So I was real. I've been wanting one of those for for way too long. So I was really super excited. Can, about that. can you use it for pears? For what? Pears? I th- God, I thought you said parents. I'm like, wow, that's that's dark. <laughs> um, probably. I've never tried it. <laughs> Is Joyce and my dad listening? Can you use it on parents? <laughs> Can you sever their fingers and shave off their skin while they're still alive? No. Oh my God. No. <laughs> um, so it's like an antique or whatever? I'm not sure if it's an antique, but I've never seen one like in a in a store. Granted, I've never looked, but I've never seen yeah. one in a store. So No, that's definitely I mean, they have them now where they're more motorized. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is like an old dance. So that'd be kind of neat. I'm sure Joyce, because my stepmom, Joyce, she's really big on uh, antiques. So is she, she probably knows okay. exactly what you're talking about. Well, there you go. She's a big antique collector. Well, my dad too. So I doubt it's an antique. I'm thinking it's probably not an antique, but it's still really cool and I like it. But the golf club is an antique. Yeah. Yeah. That one's got the wooden shaft and everything. I think it's from the 40s when I, te- when I, when I researched it. Is it worth anything? Um, I never looked. I didn't really care. I just thought it was really cool. But one of the, the most impressive probably things that I found was I was volunteering at a, uh, a theater, a community theater. And uh, one of the things we were trying to do is clean out the, the prop loft. We had this loft that was over top of the offices that we kept all the props in. Mm. And um, we were going through some of the stage swords and one of them was not a stage sword. One of them was real and it was extremely sharp. And mm. so the stage manager told me, she's like, I'm going to hand this off to you. I, I just, I need you to get it out of here. Just, I was like, what do you want me to do with it? She's like, just take it home, do whatever you need to. I just take it. I don't want it. Sweet. I don't want it around the theater. So I took it Is home. Like a haunted thing or something. Yeah. So I, I took it home and I started doing research on it. And it was a, a Japanese Harisaka bayonet from World War II. Oh, I was shit. like, oh shit. And this was like, it still had that that stinky grease. Anybody that's into guns know what I'm talking about. Uh, that that kind of smelly grease that's around the, the the blade itself. It was still in the sheath. Um, wasn't rusted. I mean, it looked like it was brand new kind of thing. Um, mm. And I had that thing for years. And somehow I also got a hold of a um, a, a a German bayonet from World War II. But it was one of their dress uniform bayonets. It wasn't meant to be used. It was meant for show. And it had like the eagle's head on it and stuff. Did um, it have like a swastika and shit on it too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really? And um and so I, I decided that I was I wanted to to get um a, a different handgun and um um and so I, I ended up trading it in. And um hmm. and when I went into this um to this gun shop and uh th- there was this this older guy standing there and behind me and he was no lie, the guy was an older guy with one leg. Yeah. And um, so I go in and I start explaining to him and I, and the gun owner, like the shop owner kind of looks past me at this old man. The old man walks up and he goes, how do you know it's a Japanese Harisaka? And so I start telling him like, well, the Japanese Harisaka itself had one stamp on it, but then any company that was licensed to produce Harisakas had to have a, a licensing stamp on it. And that's what these two stamps mean. And I'm going, I thought he was just testing my knowledge and I was getting a little irritated that this <laughs> old man was second guessing me when it's none of his business. He wasn't the store owner. Anyways. Um, 
But when I was done explaining it, he finally goes, well, the reason I'm asking is because I own a Harasaka and I'm looking for a bayonet. I'm like, oh, damn. And he's saying, how much do you want for it? I'm like, listen, man, I'm just, I'm looking to get something. Just, you know, just the down payment for that. I don't care. Like whatever. And so I so this was like another customer, like offering you money for it. Yeah. That's exactly what happened to me in the center for guitars. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was trying to sell them a guitar and they didn't want it, but a customer was like, hey, I'll buy it from you. <laughs> so I ended up putting it on layaway and I told him, I was like, just pay my down payment for layaway. I don't care. Like whatever. So that's hmm. exactly what happened. And, um, so he goes, well, this is what we'll do. I'll bring it in tomorrow and I'll, I'll put it on to make sure it fits because I want to make sure this is the right thing. And I told him, I was like, this is not a bayonet for an officer. This is a bayonet that a normal soldier would use because the officer mm -hmm. swords are different. They have a little curl thing. There's like something around the handle of it where you hold on to. There's like a little curl thing to indicate that it's more of an officer. This is just stray. This was just for a regular, officer, a regular soldier. And I went in the next day and that gun intimidated the shit out of me. Like it's this thing was probably it was standing on on the floor leaning against the wall and the gun itself was probably if I had to guess four feet long maybe and then hmm. with the bayonet it was like five like it was it was insane how big this thing and you could tell this thing was designed to kill people it was amazing and so uh, I, I just I started getting these weird vibes like I, I didn't want it in the house anymore because you know the poor guy you know it's not like he saw an American he's just like hey dude come here come here you you want to trade bayonets like you know that's not what happened. So I just mm -hmm. kind of felt bad having it in the house. I just I didn't I didn't like the energy, the bad energy. So I got rid of it. So yeah, oh. that's probably the most impressive thing I ever found. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Once again, thirty five plus years, never heard that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. So you ready to get back into it? I am ready to get back into this. I got a feeling somewhere around. Scene 15, 17, somewhere around. I'm going to remember something really cool I found. So, okay. <laughs> so be prepared for a tangent. Okay. All right. So when we left off, scouting through the park, Maynard happens upon an abandoned baby in the park with a note attached. Maynard decides he's going to take care of her. Oh. Doby and Zelda both know that that just isn't possible and suggest he take the baby to the police station. Hmm. Maynard gets the feeling that that's not such a good idea. Hmm. Doby and Zelda now worry that Maynard may make some rash decisions. Oh, shit. He might run away with the baby. So apparently it's against mm -hmm. the law to be a baby. because They're going to they're gonna fucking arrest it. They're bringing the police station. It's fucked up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Scene 13. Back at the park, Maynard and Mrs. Tarantino sit on the park bench with their kids. Maynard, still holding Katrina, smiles and says, she's beautiful. Mrs. Tarantino smiles and says, oh, yeah. What do you do when she cries? Maynard says, oh, I like pat her on the back like this. Maynard turns Katrina around and over his shoulder and begins to pat her on the back like a drum and scats away. Mrs. Tarantino says, that's pretty good. Let me try that. She picks up Katrina and pats her back and scats like Maynard. Maynard says, no, no, like this, and shows her how to pat more rhythmically as he scats. Just then, Zelda and Doby return. They just watch as the woman takes drum and scatting lessons from Maynard. Not noticing them, Maynard says to Mrs. Tarantino, no, like, your hands are in the right place, but you don't have the beat yet. Try a cha-cha-cha. The woman repeats, cha-cha-cha. Boom dee dee boom dee cha cha cha. Oh, she loves it. Listen, you really got away with kids, mister. As she hands Katrina back to Maynard, he says, Thank you, ma'am. You keep practicing and you might get it too. Mrs. Tarantino says, I sure hope so. I got five more at home. 
Damn. <laughs> Maynard says, ooh, great. You got like a lot of equipment to practice on. <laughs> Mrs. Tarantino says, ooh, I think I better get home and practice now. She stands up and gets a little gets a little Quentin in the stroller <laughs> and says, in we go. Can you say goodbye? Quentin says, I don't, I, well, I'm going to tell you why I'm so sure. Don't, don't ask me a question like that. I'm not going to, I'm not biting. I refuse your question. Wow. <laughs> Baby talks well. <laughs> As she strolls off, she says, see you later. Get it. Strolls. Says, stroller, strolls. Strolls. <laughs> <laughs> Maynard says, bye, Mrs. Tarantino. Bye, Gerald. Maynard stands up and says, say goodbye to Gerald, baby. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're from England, bye bye. a pram. Um, yeah. I swear they switched babies. Yeah. That baby did not have that darker hair. How can you tell? Black and white. Well, darker. Gotcha. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, also. There's a couple times where I thought it was a different baby, too. Also, suddenly the baby didn't have the, the, the bonnet on anymore. Well, that was kind of strange. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, when when our kids were babies, I was so good at burping yeah. them that it would kind of piss Megan off. Oh, I loved burping myself. Yeah, like my I was thing to do. not to brag. But I was actually really good at it. No, and no. there were you think you were good? No, I was good. I uh, guarantee, guarantee, I was better than you. Guarantee. I understand you have you have more experience because you have more children than I do. No, I don't. Technically, well. You have more experience with them as babies. Remember the girls? Oh, okay. It wasn't around when they were babies, but. Well, don't beat yourself up about that tack. You had to work. <laughs> <laughs> I had to work in another state with another woman. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but I eventually got back in contact with my kids eventually when I felt like getting exactly, out yeah. to You eventually came home from with the milk. That's okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Just so people know. <laughs> I'm like, that's my father. <laughs> My daughters are actually were my quote stepchildren, but they never met their real father, so they started calling me dad when they were like in first grade or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I'm not with their mother anymore, but they're still my girls. They still call me dad to this day. I, and they're like, but to be honest, you, you were a dad when you didn't have to be, so that's commendable. A lot of guys aren't <laughs> yeah. a dad when they are dead. So yeah, yeah, I still get calls from them at least once a week going dad. Exactly. I'm like yes. what? 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 I'm like, you're not my kid. Stop calling them. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the other thing too. Like I never once heard from them. You're not my real dad. I mean, you never so. heard that from your ex-wife either. Or you've never said it to me either. Well, no, I mean, but then again, it would be really strange if she was like, you're not my dad. Like, no, oh. I'm your ex-husband. <laughs> oh. Why do you keep so saying you just, that? <laughs> you just pick your name. Well, I'm not her dad either. Jimmy, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, she, yeah. yeah, totally. Even though we didn't work out, she never once ever said, exactly, well, yeah. you're not the real world dad. So, Screw them, you know. So, yeah, she was always supportive like that. But anyways, going back to burping, there were times where yeah. Megan would be having trouble burping the baby and she'd be How like. How can you have trouble burping? I don't exactly. even understand that. Exactly. It makes no sense to me. And um, uh, if, if I saw her struggling, I would just go, just just give it to me. Just give it to me. <laughs> and I'd go to pick up the baby and I'd go, watch this. And I would burp it. And finally, she actually had to tell me, she's like, can you, can you please not do that anymore. It makes me feel like a shitty mom. Please don't do that. <laughs> I mean, I'm just kidding. And she's like, I know you're kidding, but I just, I really don't like that. Please don't say that anymore. That's when you just oh. look at her and you go, well, fucking get better at burping. Exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll stop sucking them. 
But no, you no, can you can feel the, like the bubble. Yes, right? thank you. Yes. it's like it's like you're one with the air bubbles. I don't know what yes. it is. You hold it there, and it, you just know where it is. Well, and see, you know the right strength to hit, and it's just like. And to me, like I feel that people would say you're hitting him kind of hard, don't you think? No, but no, that's no. how you do it. It's not. It's not about how hard you hit. It's yeah. about the the curvature of your hand, right? And so, yeah. see, I can tell by the look at it because you you held the baby in you know in a more amateur way, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I used to hold, and everybody out there probably thinks this is like some kind of skit, and you're waiting for a punchline. No, me yeah, and Tiger being 100 percent serious. Yeah. Um, the way I would do it is I would have um, I would have the baby sitting on my lap, facing to my left, right. Cause I would, my I would, left, your right. Cause I would, yeah. Cause I would burp with my right hand. Right. So I'd have my left hand on the baby's chest. Right. And you got to curve your hand slightly. I'm, I'm demonstrating like you guys can hear me. Uh, and when you hit, they can hear you. when you pat the curvature of your hand, when you roll, when you pat, you can actually, you know, pat really hard and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't hurt. Right. But yeah. also when you rub your hand up the baby's back, you can, you can literally feel where the air bubble is. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it, it never took me very long at all to burp a baby. Like not at all. I, I prided myself on burping skills. Like exactly, I, it was like my favorite. It's like cracking backs now. I love cracking yep. bags on people. Yep. And it's just like I don't. know. I did it over my shoulder, and then I would. That's okay. Do that with my hand, <laughs> and then I would rub up because you can kind of yep. feel it. Yep. And then literally, he'd be like, uh, within like seconds. And do you, do like, you still do that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's taller um, than me now. But I did your mom teach you that, heavier. or where did you learn it from, or did you just come just, on? Just, yeah, just on my own. Just let's go. Yeah, because my I, mom taught we're me men that. and we know burping. So. Well, my mom had taught me because my mom had like seven kids and she took care of her grandkids too. And so when I was like a teenager, she taught me how to burp a baby. She's like, "I'm telling you, this works every time." So she's the hmm. one that taught me how I do it. So that's cool. Yes, I mean you. You were. I was. I just knew naturally. I mean, but that's cool. Your mm -hmm. mom taught you. That's fun. <laughs> so, like, to all you to new parents out, the newer parents out there, two things. One is, you know, rub up the baby's back, and you'll feel where. I mean, it's not going to feel like an air bubble underneath the skin. It's not like that. But you'll right. feel where it kind of comes out a little bit where the air bubble is. Um, so if you just kind of work it, work it up like you're trying to work an air bubble out of like a like a waterbed or something. Um, and the two, the second thing is is. 100% babies feed off your energy. 100%. So if you're getting frustrated, you're getting upset, you can't get the baby to stop crying, blah, blah, blah. Hand it off to somebody else, walk out of the room, do whatever you need to do because they 100% feed off your energy. And if you're upset, they're going to be upset. So there you yeah. go. Tack and Jimmy baby talk. It's a wonder we can walk. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Hey, that's the name of the episode, baby talk. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. why I've made Talking that joke babies. like four times. Hey. <laughs> no, I know about the the Brady Bunch joke, but I'm talking about we're actually talking about babies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so. All right, scene yeah. fourteen. Just then, Zelda, who's a legend, and Dobie <laughs> walk up to Maynard in the park. Maynard says, "Hi, good buddy. You're back already with the police. Police." Mm -hmm. Dobie says, "Maynard, I got to tell you something. You're gonna gonna gonna." Keep that baby. Oh, shit. Zelda shouts, Dobie, are you out of your fucking mind? No, she didn't say that, but she <laughs> should have for to more impact. Mm -hmm. We can't keep that baby. Well, I'm going to the police, even if you, but Maynard shouts, police. Mm -hmm. Dobie stops her and says, Zelda, let Maynard keep her for just a little while. Maynard pleads, please, small girl. 
<laughs> Zelda says, are you mad? This baby needs a proper home. Dobie says, sure, a proper home. Not a police station, Zelda. <laughs> Not an institution. See that <laughs> shit? That's how they should have said it. That's how, that's how real people said it. Maynard <laughs> cuddles up with Katrina in his arms and says, yeah, chimneys, coal mines, and Oliver Twist. <laughs> Maynard turns sharply to Zelda and asks, how can you be so cruel and rotten? Yeah, Zelda. Dobie asks, yeah, can't we keep her while we look for a good home? Just for a little while? Maynard pleads, please, Zelda. Zelda says, well, Maynard takes that as a yes and says, you're all heart, girl. <laughs> Bay. Mm-hmm. You go, girl. He turns to little Katrina and adds, so are you, kid. Say like, thank you, Zelda. <laughs> they should have been like, you're not a legend. That would have really hurt. Um, it's like, what's this we shit? Like, <laughs> what? I mean, they're acting like the three of them collectively are going to take care of this baby. Like this, <laughs> it's just Maynard that wants to. Like, the other two have pretty much straight up said, "I'm not." That's me, what I'm saying. They don't me. live nope. together. Like, what? What's this we shit? Um, <laughs> but it would suck so bad to be a coal miner. Like, you know, it to be illegal for people to have sex with you and stuff. <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> have to be a virgin your whole life just because you're a minor. Like, yeah, that would suck. Yeah. A lot of people did it like in the 1800s. Too, they got rules against that shit. Like you can't have sex with a minor. Like, well, first you get all dirty, but you know. And how do we even have people today if minors couldn't have sex back yeah, then? There's a how lot many, of How minors. many people have you ever met in your life who can honestly say my dad was a minor? Think all about it. Them. All of them? Everybody <laughs> that you've known, their dad was a coal miner? Oh, that, No. In my exactly. ER. Exactly. Then. They're like nuns, man. They don't reproduce. It's against the law. <laughs> God. We went down this weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> Scene 15. Back at Dobie's dad's grocery store, we see Mrs. Tarantino buying a few things. Hmm. Mr. Gillis is bagging up her stuff. As little Quentin begins to cry, Mr. Gillis says, hey, your baby woke up, huh? Mrs. Tarantino looks down at her baby and sees that he's sleeping and says, not my baby, must be yours. Oh, damn. Mr. Gillis chuckles and says, not mine, mine's 18, but then quickly realizes that Dobie must be up to no good mm. and quickly walks away from the register and walks back up the stairs. He got somebody pregnant. Dobie, Im- <laughs> Dobie immediately stops him and brings him back downstairs. Mr. Gillis asks, boy, what are you doing here? What's going on here? Dobie I say, says, I Dad. say, what are you doing? That's what it sounded like you were doing at first. <laughs> Dad, you don't want to go up there. Mr. Gillis says, oh, I don't. Dobie says, of course not. It's damp up there and bad for your... Mr. Gillis, who somehow borrowed Mike Brady's bullshit detector, mm-hmm. interrupts and asks, oh, it's damp up there, huh? Dobie says, yeah. Mr. Gillis questions, because you don't fall for this shit at all. Mm-hmm. Nope. He says, oh, so it's damp up there. Yet it's only 10 feet higher up there, but it's damp up there and not down here. Debbie says, yeah. Mr. Gillis says, I don't know what gets into you sometimes, boy, but I do know this. Whenever you come up with a crazy story like this, you are up to something. Now out with it. What's going on up there? Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, while Mr. Gillis is talking, Maynard sneaks Katrina down the stairs, carrying Katrina in a basket with a blanket on top. As he tries to get past Mr. Gillis, 
Mr. Gillis put, stops that shit quick, spots him immediately and says, hey, where do you think you're going, Maynard? Ooh, shit. Maynard says, uh, well, it's a nice day, huh, Mr. Gillis? Mr. Gillis crosses his arms and says, it's getting ready to rain, and what have you got in the basket? <laughs> Maynard says, what if I told you it was like my lunch? Mr. Gillis, not buying this masquerade. Oh, shit, good word. <laughs> asks, yeah, what if you did? There's something very peculiar going on around here, and I think there's an explanation coming. Mm. Maynard says, okay, let's have it. Mr. Gillis says, okay, well, I was standing at the counter. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> but then realizes <laughs> he had been hoodwinked and shouts, give me that basket, mm. and reaches for the basket. Maynard runs away as Dobie grabs his dad by the arm and says, Dad, you're scaring Maynard. Mr. Gillis says, and vice versa, and he isn't even trying. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. Preach your brother. As Maynard is running towards the door of the shop, Mrs. Tarantino says to Maynard, Hey, remember me? I came by <laughs> for some of that chocolate ice cream and ginger ale. As she's talking, Mr. Gillis is chasing Maynard around Mrs. Tarantino's stroller. Maynard puts the basket down on the counter as he is being chased. Mrs. Tarantino goes on, thought maybe I can get my kid to sleep like yours. That's safe. Just then, Mr. Gillis catches Maynard by the back of his shirt and stops him. Mrs. Tarantino just grabs her stroller, and on her way out, she says, Boy, your store sure is a lot of fun, Mr. Gillis. And then she exits. Mr. Gillis sees the basket and uncovers it. Mr. Gillis sees that it's empty and says, It's empty. <laughs> Maynard <laughs> says, Well, naturally, what'd you expect? Mr. Gillis throws the blanket back inside the basket and slams it on the counter. Damn. And says, I don't know. Something's going on around here. I don't know what, where, when, why, but I know one thing. I was standing right here at the counter, and I said to her, I think your baby woke up. She says, not my baby, it's your baby. And I heard it again. So then I turned around and went to go up the stairs. And when I walked over here, and while Mr. Gillis is telling the story, Dobie sneaks over to Maynard and whispers, Maynard. Where's the baby? What happened? Maynard says, simmer down, good buddy. Remember David Copperfield? Boom. <laughs> Somewhere in that street, there's a baby buggy carrying a double payload. Dobie's eyes widen, and they both run out the door to go find her. Hmm. Why didn't they just say they're watching TV? That's usually what they say, right? I heard a baby crying. Oh, that was the TV show I was watching. See? Problem solved. <laughs> um, does Gilligan work there or no? Uh, I don't think so. No. Well, why is he quite, why is he being such a dick to him? He's <laughs> not your employee. He's not your son. Like, why are you being an asshole? Um, <laughs> I got the feeling like like he's probably known him since he was a little little kid. You know, hmm. so he kind of feels responsible for him too. Maybe hmm. I don't know. The, that mom didn't care that they almost knocked the stroll over. I know, right? They're like running around. Mm-hmm. We'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa! There's a baby yeah. here. Like, what's wrong with you people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if that would have been me, I'd, I'd have to say something. But you knock my baby over, I'm knocking both of you over. Like, get the fuck away from my baby. You push my baby, <clears> I'll push you. <laughs> That's like I was at the mall one time when Jake was a baby. You know, because this is a baby episode. We can tell baby stories. Yeah, let's do some baby talk. My wife was working second shift. I was working first shift. So I decided yeah. I needed to get out of the house. So I went to the mall, walked around the mall. Mm. And so it was just me and Jake. Caitlin wasn't around yet. Luke wasn't around yet, obviously. And, um, he had a stinky diaper, so I had to change him. And in the play area in the mall, they had a diaper changing station. Right? Mm. So I go up and I'm changing the diaper. And this mom comes up to me and she's like, do you need me to do that for you? What? I'm like, excuse me? 
And she's like, do you need me to change your baby's diaper? No, get away from me. <laughs> That's creepy. Why would you ask somebody that if I was to go, if some lady was there <laughs> changing her baby girl and I went up and was like, Hey, you need help. You want me to do that? Like I'd be arrested. Right. The fuck this lady thinks she is coming up asking me if I want her to change my baby's diaper. Get the fuck away from me. Fucking creepy ass moms out there. Damn. <laughs> and not to mention that she sees a man doing, obviously he doesn't know what he is doing. Right. It's so stupid. I, I mean, because in my head, what I heard was, hey, you want me to touch your child's genitals for you? Like, get the fuck away from me. It's <laughs> creepy. And she, look, I didn't call the police. It's fucking gross. Police. Man, so. mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty creepy. Yeah. So moms out there, don't do that shit. Don't 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 patronize <laughs> some some father because he's trying to take care of his kid. Like, yeah, you ain't any better than he is. I just shut the fuck up and sit down and play on your phone. Not pay attention to your kid. So, anyway, something <laughs> drink your latte. Exactly. <laughs> Scene 16 out in the park. Dobie and Maynard find and catch up with Mrs. Tarantino. They stop her and Maynard says, I think my baby got into your buggy. Mrs. Tarantino says, oh, are you nuts? Dobie opens it up and sure enough, two babies are seen inside. <laughs> Mrs. Tarantino says, well, what do you know? How do you suppose she got in there? Maynard says, I don't know. They're pretty clever. Look how they... <laughs> Look how they stick their toes in their mouths. Mm -hmm. Dobie, seeing this may be inappropriate, says, Maynard. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Tarantino says, uh, listen, let's make a decision. Which one do you want? <laughs> Maynard, who takes this question a little too seriously, looks down at the two babies and says, hmm, well, let's see. <laughs> Mrs. Tarantino, a little shocked that he's actually thinking about it, awkwardly laughs and says, I've got an idea. Why don't you take yours? <laughs> Maynard says, yeah, good thinking. Toby <laughs> says, good thinking. Yeah, come on, Maynard. <laughs> Maynard reaches down into the stroll and picks up Katrina. Mrs. Tarantino, realizing that she may have been interacting with a crazy person, <laughs> simply says, okay, fellas. Um, well, we'll see you. <laughs> Toby says, bye-bye. And she walks off, pushing her stroller with little Quentin inside. <laughs> Just then, Zelda, who's a legend, shows up. <laughs> she says, now, just a minute. That's all. Maynard, that's positively all. We're going to the police right now. Mm. That's from an ad that we did. <laughs> Maynard mm. shouts, police. Mm. Dobie says, she's right, Maynard. Maynard says, no, sir. I'm not going to give up the baby until I'm sure she's going to get a beautiful home with luxury and riches and wealth. All like that. Hmm. Dobie says, swell. Who would we find with a home like that? <laughs> then all of a sudden, as if on cue, <laughs> Chatsworth pops out wearing a polo uniform. He says, hi-ho. <laughs> he says, hi-ho, playmates. Anyone for polo? The three just look at each other. She cracked me up when he pops out. I hope playmates. <laughs> says that he went up for Paulo. <laughs> uh, uh, they they didn't do the joke very. In my opinion, they didn't do the joke very well. Where she's like, "Which one do you want?" Is it, it? She didn't. She didn't. She wasn't very sarcastic when she said that. So my first reaction was, "The fuck? Why was she asking that?" <laughs> 
Um, well, she was kind of playful, man. <laughs> Which one do you want? You know, he was like, yeah, so to mm. me, it wasn't executed very well. Um, <laughs> but uh, don't, don't you play polo with a horse? Yeah. That's not a horse park. Is that just a regular park? Like a rich person wouldn't go to like a public municipal park with a fucking horse to play polo. Like what the fuck? I don't even need a pool for that. Duh. <laughs> but why, why is he it, and then to have the little stick thing like what the fuck like where the fuck is your horse man like and why are you in a public park yeah so the shittiest polo player ever and <laughs> chance word just cracks me up anyway scene a 17 later at the osborne mansion chatsworth brings doby maynard zelda and little katrina over to the house Debbie says, now talk to your mother about taking the baby. Chatsworth says, not so fast now. It isn't like I dislike children. I was one myself at one time, or so my governess tells me. But here at Osborne House, cavorting in the formal gardens, wreaking havoc with Louis the Fourteenth decor. Debbie says, Chatsworth, it pains me deeply to put it on this basis. But what will happen if you flunk chemistry? Chasworth says, Oh, perish forbid. Mumsy would pack me off to military school quicker than she could foreclose a mortgage. Hmm. W says, Yeah, military school. You have no blue sports car. Maynard adds, No private tennis court. Zelda says, No valet. Doby throws in, No butler. Zelda says, No chauffeur. Maynard says, No warden. As Doby's about to drop a seventh thing Chatsworth won't have at military school, he stops, looks at Maynard. Maynard says, just trying to hold up my end of the conversation. <laughs> Chatsworth says, the picture you just paint is frightening. Frightening! What shall I do? What? What? <laughs> Doby says, Chatsworth, there's only one person who can get you through chemistry course. Chatsworth asks, well, who, pray tell? Who, who, who? Doby points to Zelda, saying her, 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 but then realizes how stupid he sounds and shouts, now cut that out. Chatsworth smiles big and says, of course, Zelda, the smartest pupil in the entire class. <laughs> You'll do it, dear girl. You'll save me, won't you? Zelda simply says, no. Chatsworth says, but I couldn't bear to lose my little blue sports car or my dollar-shaped swimming pool and just scads of other little necessities. Doby says, she'll do it on one condition. Chatsworth asks, you mean? Doby says, that's right, the baby. Chatsworth thinks for a second and says, very well, I'll do it. Zelda says, wonderful, I could kiss you. Maynard shakes his head and says, I couldn't. <laughs> Doby and Zelda just look at him awkwardly. <laughs> Doby says, never mind that. Now the baby. Chatsworth says, yes, well, this may take some doing. Mumsy is very particular. Zelda says, well, in this place, she'd never notice another mouth to feed. Doby says, yeah, you must have at least 50 rooms. Chatsworth says, actually only 47. Hmm. Three were stolen. Oh, gulp. Here comes Mumsy now. <laughs> Doby, Maynard, and Zelda all go hide with Katrina in the basket. 
Correction. They don't hide with Katrina in the basket. They all <laughs> go hide, and Katrina is in a basket. Ah, okay. Yeah. So you were like, how do they all fit in there? Good God. <laughs> it's, it's funny. When they mentioned Osborne, Manag- or Osborne Mansion, I was expecting... <laughs> I was thinking more like Spider-Man, like Osborne yeah, Industries. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I gotta admit that's a fucking clever ass name for that mansion. That's Osborne House. Wow, Osborne Mansion. Wow, that's it's that's, a good thing because their last name is Osborne. Yeah, that's fucking clever. Like, wow, <laughs> dog, it worked dog. out. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> scene eighteen. Mrs. Osborne walks up with her butler as she actually, no shit, says, oh, how I long for the days where servants were indentured. Good gracious. This servant problem becomes more unbearable every day. How I long for the day of servants. As she sits down at the table outside, Chatsworth bends down and gives her a kiss on the cheek. Mrs. Osborne shouts, oh, Chatsworth, must you do that, you nasty boy? (laughs) She then wipes her cheek where she was kissed. Chadsworth has a look of awkwardness on his face as he says, but Mumsy, I adore you. <laughs> Mrs. Osborne says, oh, rut. The only time you ever kiss me is when you want something. Chadsworth says, well, as a matter of fact, but Mrs. Osborne interrupts and says, kissing me is the surest way not to get it. Mm. Trembly. Mm-hmm. Sounds like how she'd say it. The butler, Trembly, who has been standing by, says, yes, madame. Chatsworth steps to the side of Mrs. Osborne and says, Chatsworth steps to the side as Miss Osborne says, I discharged the, uh, the Trembly says, Ava and Tomas. Mrs. Osborne says, yes, Ava and Tomas a week ago. But why are they still cluttering, or cluttering up the grounds? Trembly says, they're waiting for their salary checks, madame. Some nonsense about needing the money to book passage back to their homeland. Losers. Mrs. Osborne says, oh, dear. Didn't my financial secretary take care of that? I'm going to discharge him at once. <laughs> Trembly says, oh, you already did, madame. Mrs. Osborne says, I did? Who can keep track of all these secretaries? Mm. Trembly says, I can, madame. You've discharged five last month. Hmm. Mrs. Osborne says, well, it was a short month. My checkbook, Trembly. Trembly places a large book down in front of her at the table. As Trembly opens the book for her and readies her quill, she says, you know, it seems rather a shame to have to let uh, Trembly says Ava and Tomas. Mrs. Osborne goes on Ava and Tomas go. They were really quite good servants except for that nasty habit. Trembly asks, they didn't warm the plates? Mrs. Osborne says, oh, yes, they did. They warmed the plates, but they brought them in with cold hands. Mm. Trembly comments, how ghastly. Mm. Mrs. Osborne says, yes, rather makes you wonder what this world's coming to. Mm. Mrs. Osborne looks at her quill and says, oh, Trembly, this pen is worn out. Catch my peacock. Pull another tail feather Mm. as she rips out a check and hands it to Trembly. He says, yes, madame, and then walks off. You know, it kind of reminds me of a story like one time I because I taught my daughters how to cook. And one time my daughter was like, I want to cook dinner tonight. 
and I want to do it all by myself. I don't want you because, you know, yeah, you teach him and you stand there and teach him. And then you, then I would do one where I just kind of watch as they cook. And, but this time she was like, I don't want you watching. I don't want, I just want to do it all myself and then bring it to you when it's done. I'm like, cool. And I was like, you go, you're ready for that. Go for it. Do it. So like an hour later, she's like, dinner's ready. I was like, sweet. And she's like, no, 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 I'll bring it to you. I was like, okay. So I'm sitting there. She walks it over. And I felt her cold hand. And I fucking threw that shit on the ground. I threw it on the ground. Hell yeah. Fuck I would yeah. too. You I would have grounded shit. her. I'd been get your ass to your room. Mm-hmm. I'd have been no caviar for a fucking week. Yep. She needs to say she didn't cook again. Exactly. Ever. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I just, just want to do a joke. Me, me and my yeah. daughter will cook together sometimes, but my daughter kind of is an abstract thinker sometimes like I am. And mm-hmm. um, we were making macaroni and cheese. You know, we were playing it really fancy that night. And um, <laughs> and my daughter is like a huge fan of ramen. She eats ramen all the time. And, um, and I kind of looked, I was like, you know what would actually, I think would taste really good. She's like, what's that? I said, if we mixed the chicken flavored ramen pack Mm. into the macaroni and cheese. And she's like, Mm -hmm. Ooh, she's like, I bet that would be good. So we grabbed like, I think three ramen packets and took the seasoning out and put them into the macaroni and cheese. And Mm -hmm. we started calling it macaroni and cheese. And it's Mm. amazing. It is so good. (laughs) It's so good. My wife does it when she makes it now. That's cool. Yes. So you gotta try it. There was truth to my story where I did teach my daughters how to cook and she actually, Jasmine, uh, she actually really picked up on it and started experimenting with things like that. Yeah, yeah. Too. And uh, she actually became a pretty decent cook. So but try it sometime. Regular macaroni and cheese, but you got to add chicken. And don't add the, the chicken flavored bullion cubes because that's like animal fat. And the fat, it's like, it. I don't know, it makes the consistency weird. It. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's not very good. You got to use the powder stuff. Yep, so. I have ramen and, it's not and like, I have mac and cheese. But it's not like ramen's that expensive. So it's like, what, like 20 cents a pack or something? So you're not really, it's not like you're wasting it. So, yeah. So, and you could still, if you really want to, save the noodles and just have butter with it or whatever. But, yeah. But do your kids ever, my kids do this and I don't know where they got it from. And I think it's gross. But they eat ramen raw. That's a, like, a guy at work was telling me about that. He said what he does is he puts the seasoning into the pack, shakes it up, and then eats yeah. it raw. Why? That's no. I have no idea. They claim it tastes really good. Yeah. No. But yeah, try macaroni and cheese. What I do is I take whatever. Look on the box and it'll tell you how many servings it is. Right? If it's four servings, three servings, Who reads whatever. A box. But <laughs> but whatever the serving amount is, that's how many season packets you put in. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I'm telling you, it is really good. Okay, I'll yes. check it out. Hell yeah. I'm going to come back. We're going to come back next week. Like, so did you like the macaroni and cheese? You're like, enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why you talk like Sylvester Stallone, but. <laughs> <laughs> I am the law. Yeah. Why didn't she just like pick up her fucking cell phone? And you, and you, and I don't that kind understand of stuff. that either. You know what I mean? Like, you know, no, who does fucking, you know, bank stuff with paper now? Just use the app. Yeah. There's um, like uh, QuickBooks. There's kinds of shit. She's pretty stupid for a rich person. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like my mom. She reminds me a lot of my mom, you know, like, you know, selfish and unloving. So <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that, that was kind of it brought, it brought back <laughs> memories. You know, she call you nasty boy all the time. Yeah. No, your mom does. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 Scene 19. 
Still out in the garden, Chatsworth now says, Mumsy, do you like children? Mumsy takes a second to think and looks at her son dead in the eyes and says, I loathe children. Mm, And that's not remarkable considering the experience I've had. Chadsworth giggles and says, Mumsy, how droll. (laughs) Mrs. Osborne cringes and says, Oh, Chadsworth, stop that fawning. (laughs) All right, what is it you want? Chadsworth says, Perhaps I should show you. Chadsworth then yells out and snaps to the others hiding. People, people here. (laughs) Dobie, Maynard, and Zelda come out. Zelda says, hello, Mrs. Osborne. Dobie greets her. How are you, Mrs. Osborne? Maynard, carrying Katrina in his arms, says, if you pat her back, she stops crying. Mrs. Osborne says, oh, Chatsworth, throw these wandering troubadours crusts of bread and away with them. Maynard steps forward and says, Mrs. Osborne, like, maybe I'm one of those whatever you just said, but she isn't. Mrs. Osborne stands up, looks at Katrina and says, good gracious. If my memory serves me correctly, that's a baby? Is that how you say it? (laughs) Dobie adds, the nicest baby in the whole world. Maynard throws in, even nicer. Mrs. Osborne declares, I will not have an infant cluttering up these grounds. Guards! Guards! (laughs) As Mrs. Osborne, what is she, like a queen from like 16th century? She's got like guards. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> As Mrs. Osborne walks away to off with her heads, <laughs> Mrs. Osborne walks away to find the guards. Maynard follows her with Katrina in his arms. Mrs. Osborne turns around and barks, "Out, you ragamuffin!" Which <laughs> we should bring that word back. Isn't that a type of cat? Ragamuffin? I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, look it up. Google it. I guarantee yeah, it is. Google. Okay, and maybe it's a slang term for an alley cat or something. Ragamuffin meaning. Uh, it says a person, typically a child in ragged, dirty clothes, um, an exponent or follower of raga, typically one dressing in ragged clothes, ragamuffin style. Yeah. Well, it's also a breed of cat. Look Are you up, reading that somewhere? Or? Yeah. Look up ragamuffin cat breed. Okay. Cat. Ragamuffin. Mm. Notable for their friendly personality. Um, so he should be like, thank begging. you. <laughs> well, she really called him a pussy, but that's okay. We're not going to look at that part. <laughs> Where was I? Out, you ragamuffin, before <laughs> I have you thrown out. Ooh, Katrina now squirms in Maynard's arms as he holds her very awkwardly. Mrs. Osborne sees this and asks, what are you doing to that child? Maynard says, I'm holding her. <laughs> Mrs. Osborne says, Oh, you nasty boy. <laughs> Give it to me. Which ironically is what my mom used to say to Jimmy. <laughs> how did you, how did you, you just, how did you, how did you, you just did some weird Dr. Strange stuff with me just now. How did you do that? Yeah. I made you make a joke about your own mother. I know, but like you foreshadowed it before. It's almost like I wrote it before we started. <laughs> But the thing you said before was something I cued you to say. I know. Is everything I say not what I want to say? Maybe I made you say it. Did you make? Are you making me say this right now? Notice that I made weird legend comments. 
that made you think about your mom because you think she's a legend. And I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, crazy. Anyway, Maynard hands off Katrina to Mrs. Osborne. She holds Katrina and says, there, 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 there. Katrina starts to cry, but Mrs. Osborne shuts that shit down quick. Oh, yeah. And she says, no, no, no. Now you be quiet. Quiet, I say. Katrina, who seems to be responsive to the no-nonsense attitude, actually stops crying. Oh, wow. Okay. Mrs. Osborne says, now that's all that's needed is a firm hand. I'm going to have her come over here. (laughs) (laughs) No, your mom used to say that to me, too. For me, I just like, I want someone with a firm hand on me. Okay. Put some stank on it. Zelda rips the bandaid off and simply asks, How'd you like to keep her, Mrs. Osborne? <laughs> I really expected, like, at that point, Dobie to be like, Dude, what do you, what do you, wait, what did she say? <laughs> like, why would you just come out and say it? <laughs> anyway, um, Maynard says, Yeah, but just for a little while to keep her out of chimneys. Mrs. Osborne's still holding her and while looking at her says, Oh, that's out of the question. Ooh, I know damn. nothing about children. Maynard says, sure you do. Look at Chadsworth. They all look at Chadsworth, who stands proudly in his polo uniform. Mrs. Osborne, with a sourpuss, says, yes, look at him. Maynard says, I'm sorry I brought it up. Mrs. Osborne, with a serious look on her face, says, no, I am. Mom burn. Damn. (laughs) Chadsworth just rolls his eyes. (laughs) Dobie now says, Mrs. Osborne, we have to find a nice home for the baby. Maynard adds, and you got more nice home than the whole state of Cleveland. (laughs) Mrs. Osborne, who's still looking down at Katrina, says, it's out of the question. Chatsworth now says, Mumsy. Despite the company she keeps, the child does deserve a decent place to stay. Mrs. Osborne says, why Chatsworth, you surprise me. Well, you're a warm-hearted boy. Nasty, but warm-hearted. Aww. Hmm. So that baby likes being yelled at. See, it is Russian. <laughs> Sorry, that was mean. And do they feed her like, here, do you drink this wolf's milk? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Mumsy keeps calling Chatsworth nasty boy. Right. So I feel like she caught him jerking off when he was like 12 or something. <laughs> And she's just been calling him that ever since. Maybe like she walked in on him and she's like, oh my God, you nasty boy. Maybe she's, yeah, she's just a Janet Jackson fan. Maybe. <laughs> nasty. Mm, nasty boys. We should have had that as a soundbite. That would have been funny. Yeah. Well, but she just won't let it go. So she just still calls him nasty all the time. Mm. Nasty boy. <laughs> in front of his and friends. He's just like, <laughs> he's just like <laughs> oh my God. It's like, what are you, Mumsy, what do you want, nasty boy? It's like, hey, look, it's Chad's right there, buddy. Aren't you supposed to be off jerking off somewhere? Fucking like nasty boy. How <laughs> you gonna find time? How you gonna find time to jerk off with all your friends over here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> took two days for them to clean that shit out of the pool. Dollar shaped pool. Scene twenty. Just then, Ava and Tomas walk up to Miss Osborne. Tomas says, "Madame." If you have our checks, we are ready to leave now. Ava says, we won't. But then looks at the baby that Mrs. Osborne is holding. She gasps and shouts, Katrina, Damas, this is our baby. 
Mrs. Osborne, not standing for any of this cockamamie department, mm. grabs a sweet sword. <laughs> Why did I say sweet? <laughs> grabs a sword off a garden statue and holds it up. She shouts, stand back. Stand back, I say. Okay, then Tomas hide as to not get stabbed. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Osborne stops and asks, Ava, Tomas, is this your baby? Tomas steps out from hiding and says, yes, we have no job, so we have to go back to our old country. Ava adds, it is not good at the old country, not like the blessed America. So we decided our Katrina must be an American. Tomas says, it was a bad decision, madame. We love our baby. Ava says, yes, Tomas, we love our baby so much that we didn't think well. We cannot leave her. No matter how bad it will be in the old country, it's our baby, and we must keep her. Tomas says, you are right. I guess they don't have, what are they, conjunctions over there? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the same with like a genie last week, too. Exactly, yeah. He turns to Mrs. Osborne and says, Madame, give me please the baby. She goes with her parents who love her. As the couple steps forward, Mrs. Osborne shouts, stand back, I say. This child stays here, and so do you two. Out of excitement, they come forward and say, Madame! But Mumsy holds the sword up again and shouts, Please, no tears. I'm very sentimental. (laughs) Meanwhile, Maynard wipes tears away from his eyes. Mrs. Osborne places the sword back onto the statue as the couple smile at each other. Maynard says, Dope. Doby says, It is dope, ain't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Doby says, I know, Maynard. I'm getting misty too. Zelda adds, move over. (laughs) Just then, Trembly returns with a silver tray with tea. As he sees Mrs. Osborne giving Katrina a piece of jewelry to chew on, he states, (laughs) Madame, this is your 4,000 carat diamond necklace. Mrs. Osborne says, no, last year's. Mm. Chatsworth, also having a problem with this, preposterous etiquette, says, (laughs) oh, but mumsy, please. Mrs. Osborne says, oh, be quiet, you nasty boy. Nasty. Nasty boy. <laughs> this child has spirit. Chaswith says, now, Mumsy, I must really protest this one. Mrs. Osborne says, will you be quiet and hold your baby's sister? <laughs> she hands Katrina off to Chatsworth. Dobie, Zelda, and Maynard all look at each other. And smile. Hmm. Chatsworth very awkwardly holds Katrina and says, little girl, girl. <laughs> and then rolls his eyes. Um, plus the, like, it's a choking hazard, those diamonds. <laughs> like, you're letting a baby just chew. Anyway. <laughs> so, Mrs. Osborne is keeping the baby. That's correct, yeah. Not giving it back to her parents are literally right there. No. And she literally has a lot of literallys. I'm used to like Rob Lowe from a Parks and Rec. Literally? Um, she has no legal right to Katrina in any way whatsoever. True. <laughs> but, but, um, but, she just has a sword. Like, you fucking who, touch your kid, I'll kill you. Who do you think can afford a better lawyer? Just, just saying. <laughs> so uh, she's probably like, hey, you, you have every right to go get a lawyer. Go ahead. Go, ahead. go get a lawyer. Go. <laughs> oh, you can't afford one. Okay. All right. See how that works? 
Oh, look at that. You can barely afford one. Guess what? Eh, check's a little short this week. It's like, oh, you don't want me to do that? Hmm, okay. You're fired. What are you going to do? Go back to your old country and leave your baby? Yeah, good move. <laughs> I guess she doesn't leave much of a choice aside nope. from threatening their lives. Exactly. And also threatening their financial situation. <laughs> she basically has them by the balls. Exactly. All right. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Scene 21. A bit later, we see Katrina sitting at a table in the lap of luxury, all dressed up. Mm. Mrs. Osborne says, come on now, we must eat. She feeds Katrina a spoonful of food. Mrs. Osborne goes on, this food has been ordered with the approval of Dr. Spock. Come on. Mm. That's because it is most logical. (laughs) As the camera pans out, we see Ava and Tomas in their servant uniforms, also enjoying the feeding of their, well, used to be their baby. <laughs> and they all just laugh. Miss Osborne's like, who's feeding it? Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. I'm paying for the food. I know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do when the kid gets older? They're going to be like, Katrina. Hey, look, it's Tomas and Ava, our servants, coming over. And they're going to be now like, come to know, mommy. <laughs> 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 Get away from the servants. Say bye to Ava. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to have her wear those those red robes, you know, like they do in um, <laughs> Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> bye, Ava. No, that's that's Winifred. <laughs> not Winifred. It's Alfred because it's uh, whatever. Fred. His uh, name was Fred. Whatever, <laughs> so, same thing. There's a Fred in it. <laughs> be off Chadsworth. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Mrs. Osborne sees that Katrina isn't eating anymore, says, Oh, you don't want anymore. All right. Lullaby time. Get going, says to the servants. She claps her hands and Ava and Tomas and Tremley all join Dobie, Zelda, and Maynard standing up <laughs> off by the side. Zelda holds an acoustic guitar as Mrs. Osborne orders something soothing. She's ready for bed. <laughs> Chadsworth steps in front of the group and says, all right, an F chord, please, Zelda. <laughs> he then blows on a tuner pipe thingy. I don't know what those are called. I don't know. I'm not sure what they're called. Mm-hmm. I know we used to use them in chorus class. Yeah, to find the key. He then orchestrates the choir as they sing. Lullaby and goodnight. I forget the tune. It's Hmm. like a basic lullaby tune. Isn't it um, like da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. Lullaby and goodnight. Those blue eyes close tight. Bright angels are here. I lost the tune. So sleep without fear. Like, what the fuck? Is Is the baby dying? Close your eyes. Bright angels are here. Just sleep without fear. You will soon meet Jesus. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Hopefully, it'll be be painless. So go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, you don't gurgle on your blood. (laughs) Say goodbye to (laughs) Osborne. Oh, that's dark. Yeah. I'm scared to say that. We're laughing. We're basically yeah, we making a flashlight with all this jokes. darkness. 
<laughs> they're basically making dead baby jokes. And I'm so sorry if there's people that are triggered by that. But <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. Katrina just watches, giggles, and just smiles away. <laughs> it makes you wonder what they were doing to make that baby smile like that. Because you know she ain't smiling because <laughs> of that shitty chorus. <laughs> I don't know how that's soothing for me. My son even said that. How is that soothing to the baby yeah. listening to that? Um, yeah, so it was it was right up until the last part of the scene where I was like, oh, they're the servants. Like they didn't make that very clear until the very end. So are you kidding? You didn't realize that was the same No. Well, I did towards the end, but I just thought they randomly showed up somewhere. You know what I mean? I didn't get that they were the servants. So well, when did you realize they were the servants? When they showed up and asked for their checks? When she said, oh, that's our baby. Like that's oh, Well, that's when you're supposed to find out. So oh, you okay. find out the okay. right time. Okay. Yeah. I can't believe she's actually keeping the baby away from her parents, sort of. <laughs> it yeah. just really just blows my mind. Yeah. I think she'd be like, well, take your child, and you guys have your jobs back, so take care of that baby. You need yeah. anything, let me know. Well, you would think that, I mean, at the very least, she would say, so you got your job back, take the baby, and just, you know. Let me play with her and let me watch her and let me, you know, spend time with it. You know, if it was yeah. something like that, I'd be like, oh, okay. But <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> Imagine getting orders from your boss that your baby is hungry. <laughs> uh-huh. No, that's not what your baby wants of Osborne. Like, Damn, okay. Come to mommy. Get away from <laughs> Ava, the servant. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so, well, I'll see you in the episode. That was a good one. Oh, you said it. I said it, yeah. And Jenny and Jim are going to be so happy. Hell yeah. <laughs> Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. All right. Well, we do get some mail. I, I don't have an email to read today, but I then did Then why did I get... play it? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. But we did get a little Glenn Glenn audio action. Hell yeah. Well, once again, uh, we now, Don't not, be doing uh, any fucking accents, man. He's going to kick our ass. <laughs> we did not preview these, so we have no idea what he's about to say. Nope. He is uncensored, unfiltered. He Although is Glenn I did Glenn. censor him once. I censored him one time. I did it? Oh. Yeah. So, Glenn Glenn sent us another audio. Are you ready to listen? I am ready to listen. Kind of scared. All right. Here we go. Hey there, guys. Glenn Glenn from Australia here. What do I think of co-ed bathrooms, you asked? Um, I don't think about it much, but here's something that I do think about. I'm just so glad that during the Dick Van Dyke Show episodes that you guys did not take any cheap hacky shots and use any dick jokes <laughs> at the expense of Dick Van Dyke's name because as you know Dick is short for Richard what? and Richard and Dick is a connotation for a man's uh, you know lower regions what they call the glands penis what? we learn about embology so you know I've listened to that episode at least three or four times waiting for a penis reference or a joke and thank Christ to the Lord above, your Ron Hubbard and Allah, that you did not go that route. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke's a, a, a treasure, man. Um, <laughs> homeboy still works out every day and shit. Like, I mean, yeah, 
It's gonna say he's gonna be the next Betty White man. It's gonna suck so bad when he passes away. <clears throat> it should be any day now. <laughs> I said that God, it's dark. <laughs> I said that. I didn't mean that to be sound like that. <laughs> but no, like, like, like. But going back to what Glenn Glenn was saying, like, you know, like, like me and Tack would take the opportunity to make a cheap joke about like a dick or a fart joke. Come on, that was low. Like, when does that real? Like, seriously, when, think about the history of the show. When does that really happen? <laughs> Yeah, we don't go for low hanging fruit. We we only do highbrow humor on this show. We don't we don't do any <laughs> any cheap dick fart jokes. Yeah, cheap dick. Like we don't do cheap dick. Hell no, I don't, don't do cheap dick. You did in high school, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? I won't settle for this poppycock. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> That's going to be next week. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Glenn, Glenn, well, we appreciate you sending uh, another audio clip of good times. We're headed I, by I all will say he, he seemed kind of down that time. He didn't usually he have did. a... He, he seemed did. Kinda, yeah. Uh, he was, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the deal. What's going on? Huh. He wasn't hoping as animated as he usually yeah, is. Hoping everything's okay with Glenn Glenn, for real. Like, uh, real yeah. talk. We're hoping everything's okay. We're hoping you're doing well. Um, you're a good person. Indeed. You're awesome. So, yeah. All right, Glenn, Glenn, you know we did here. We had a good time tonight. Remember, we do love these shows, and it's all about good times and the laughs, and we don't do low-hanging fruit like cheap dicks. Hell yeah. We would also personally, I, I, yeah, would personally like to apologize Oh, to Jenny and Jim about for not saying that was a good one in the last episode. Well, you say it when you feel it, it, right? It was wrong. It wasn't right. And no, but what's funny is I, I really, I, can you please elaborate on what you're talking about? Cause I don't think people know what well, you're talking well, at about the end right? of every episode. I go, that was a good one, but I, what's oh. really is it's just, it's in my regular vernacular vernacular. Like it's, it's from, I think the cable guy when somebody did like yeah. karaoke or something and Jim Carrey's like, that was a good one. Like that's what that's from. Uh, and yeah. I really don't, <laughs> I don't realize I say it. I don't realize I say it as much as I do, I guess. So every episode, I, I, what's funny is I, I really didn't. It's one of those things where, like, I compare it to um, that movie, uh, The Twelve Monkeys. You know, where he leaves that voicemail on the phone, and like two minutes, two seconds later, somebody comes up in there. He recites the entire voicemail because he's been studying it for twenty years when he just left it. It's mm-hmm. kind of like that. It's like you you say it just off the cuff, just you know, and it just so happens I'm a creature of habit. So, yeah, I just the thought same that thing, was like whenever I say the year of the episode, you always go damn every yeah. single time. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> well. You better stay on top of that shit because <laughs> they're watching us. You better know they're listening. You're the one always saying, oh, good job. This isn't a, a video podcast whenever I do like demonstrations. So. <laughs> you are you trying to think of things us? that I do all the time? Is that what you're doing? What are well, five no. other things I do? Well, no, because you had said they were, they're watching us. Oh, <laughs> but every time I do something like this, it's like kind of when you do this and you're like, yeah, good thing you demonstrated because this is a video podcast. <laughs> and then you say they're watching this. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and we would personally like to thank our producers from Patreon because without you, mm-hmm. this couldn't be possible. And mm-hmm. of course, we are eyeballing you, Ginny and Jim. Hmm. Uh, because without you guys, I mean, you guys were the first ones that, that took a chance on us. And, you know, just it just in the name of clarity, some of you might think, oh, well, they picked Ginny and Jim because, you know, male and female. Nope. Had nothing to do with that. It's they became mm-hmm. producers around the same time and we didn't want to be nitpicky and 
quite frankly, we refuse to research who was first. It doesn't matter who was first. It's the fact that both of them are on the same time. We're willing to take a chance on us and, and, you know, have confidence in us and trust us enough to, to support us. And that means the world to us. So yeah. we will forever be in your debt. And I look forward to the day of hanging out with you guys up in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes maybe other producers might feel a little left out maybe because yeah, they're not. Probably. Yeah. I would if I was them. Hmm. You know what we should do? We should we should start um we should highlight a different producer every week. I mean Jenny and Jim will always get, you know, yeah um talked about every week. But oh, maybe okay. we should we randomly will pick one every week and start highlighting them. Yeah. Maybe I can like we can like hit him up. Yeah. Yeah. And be like, hey, and maybe just chit chat back and forth and then maybe do a little highlight section for each yeah. um because producer. then by by reaching out to them, it'll give them the chance to say because they might come out and say, nah, I'd rather not. So I'm good. Yeah, exactly. but I, I feel like we need to do more for our Patreon subscribers. For sure, for sure. So, so, so if you're a producer out there, look out for some emails, and they're not going to be automated. They're going to be literally personally from us, and uh, we're just going to want to chit chat and get to know you, maybe, and then uh, highlight you in an upcoming episode. There you go. Yeah. So, oh, you so know what would be fun is if we give mm-hmm. them a chance to like if if they want send an audio message. That'd be kind of funny. Sure. Yeah, let's cool. talk about all that. We could they could do it in the style of like a like a Miss America or Miss Universe pageant. <laughs> what? Like I'm Jenny, I'm from Florida. <laughs> you know those things? That would just be funny. <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> India. <laughs> all right, all right. I literally just watched that video because yeah. people were talking about it, saying how hilarious it was. Yeah. And then I watched it. Me and my son watched it, and we were like. It was kind of funny, but yeah. it wasn't like slapstick funny. But <laughs> Jenny, clap, ball man, for it. Cool, cool. So yeah. sounds good. Yeah, All definitely right. for sure. So let's hand out some homework assignments oh, to everybody. So first one is check out the website at yes. a very pretty Do a rate and review on Apple Podcast, Podchaser, Castbox, or Audible, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell two friends about the show. Spread the word. Spread it around. Spread our seed around. Hell yeah! It's not. It's it's like it's like this show is like shit. It's not worth a thing unless it's spread around, encouraging young things to grow. Gross. Send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike the show. And you can also send in audio clips just like Glenn Glenn did. Mm-hmm. So uh, do all that and uh, send them to a very pretty podcast at gmail.com. Indeed. Join the Facebook group and join the conversations and all the fun and see what everybody's posting about because it's getting more and more active. And it's a good mm-hmm. time in there. I got to admit. And we just hit 500. Indeed. And please, please, please. Maybe we should make a secret word or something. People fill out, answer the questions. I'm still having to deny yes. people. Because they're not doing anything. They're not agreeing to terms. They're not answering the questions. Well, we've we've talked about this before. And the reason is, is if those of you who are in groups have probably seen this. Hey, there's a scheduled event in your group. And you look at it. Do you want to work from home sending out like fucking postcards for Amazon? No, no. None of us are interested in that. None of us. So if those are usually bots, they're not real people. And bots are notoriously terrible about... (laughs) filling out the questions because you'll get something like dot 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 yeah with a bunch of exclamation points and it's like who's the father like it's it's just an auto reply Mm -hmm. Uh, so unfortunately if you don't answer all the questions now we have had people coming in saying no I didn't know Tech and Jimmy were the host but I do now kind of thing okay I understand if it's a legit response like that I get it that's yeah. that question is more for letting you know that this is a podcast group. Yeah. This isn't just a Brady Bunch fan page kind of thing. Um, 
So if you if you get in and you don't if you if you don't answer all the questions, unfortunately, it's going to be denied. And that's not us being dicks. It's because we don't want any spam in the group. That's a big pet peeve of both Tech and mm-hmm. I. So and we also yes. don't want people who just like the Brady Bunch and don't know anything about a podcast because we can be exactly this may be news to people, but we can be a little offensive. And so so can yes. the group, which is fine. But some people don't yeah. know that going in. So, and this is like a basically a binary approval or disapproval. It's either you fill out all the questions or you don't. If you have right. two of them fill out and one not, that's still denied. So you have to do yep. it all, please. Yep. Next, follow us on Facebook and get real time updates. Like, I, okay, I know this would never happen. This is this is ridiculous. But you know, so like that, if the if one of us are sick, yeah, or if the show's gonna be late. That's that's a ridiculous scenario. It would never happen. I mean, it's it's especially would never happen like like one on top of the other, like, right. you know. But you know, but, we got to uh, put it there just just it, in, yeah, case. in the off chance, stream off chance. You know, if the government yeah. can have a plan for alien invasion, we can have this in exactly. some place as well. Exactly. So. You're right. Yep. Boom. Uh, go check out the Retro Network at theretronetwork.com. Yes. Check out our shop with our affiliate link at www.averybradypodcast dot com slash shop it is a great way to support the show because i don't know how if you guys know how it works but it's not like you're, you're buying something from us because you're not uh we put some silly things on there that have to do with the show but um you could buy anything from there and it doesn't cost you anything more than it normally would and then the show gets a kickback from it so yeah, as long as you use our link to get to yep. exactly amazon yep. and then it doesn't matter right. what you buy you don't buy anything from us you can buy what if you're going to buy your you know your commemorative um, Gomer pile spoons, then just right. use our affiliate link to get there, and then you know, there you go. Yeah, check out our T Public store for merch. Link is in the description of this episode. Also, we are now on the Clapper app. How's that? It's it's kind of like TikTok. Oh, it's like a yeah, you know the, that one that you were doing the dances on and the challenges and stuff. <laughs> um, so we are now on Clapper. Jimmy, why are you TikTok and shit? Oh, damn. I see what you did there. Uh, but we're now on the clapper act for all you young kiddos. And mm-hmm. no, we are not fronting. Um, <laughs> so uh, feel free to download that and check us out. And it's just it just has two little dumb videos on it right now. But There'll what me more. and Tech want to do is we want to uh, start adding more and more stuff on it. Maybe some clips from the show and it's funny, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. So look for us on clapper. Yeah, it's just a fun little way just just to connect with you guys and just yep. and yeah, you know, we're just it'll be random like random. You get a random video from me and they're just going like, "Hey guys, uh, I thought this was kind of neat," or "Look at this," or "Hey guys, I'm going to the bathroom." Look, no, I wouldn't do that, but you get the yeah. idea. It'll be yeah. random yes. little videos. Indeed, <clears throat> that's another. That's a whole other app though. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, go check out classic, iconic television. And since I'm doing next week as well, so we can get Jimmy back on the right track. Oh, okay. um, a preach. I don't even know what we're doing. So we're going to pick this randomly awesome. like you Isn't did. Isn't that an awesome feeling? And it's great doing it this way. <laughs> I, I freaking I, love this. And this is not a, we ain't fronting as Jimmy and the young kids would say. No, you have to, no it's a, see, this, that's where a lot of people, a lot of old people get this wrong. Oh. You got to, it's a hard G. Oh, we ain't fronting. Fronting. Oh, fronting. Sorry. Yes. Yes. So it's more of a long. So you got to enunciate. All the kids are in enunciating now. So oh. yes, we are not fronting. We, we, we. What if I said we ain't fronting? I don't know. I think it. I think they're they're into. You sound more gangster when you say every word. You can't even fit two words together. You have to say no like we are not. At all. We are not fronting. We are not fronting. So we are there not fronting. Ooh, hold on. Let me make sure my wallet's in my pocket. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's good. So we are not fronting. This isn't fake. I really have no idea what we're going to do next nope. week, but we're all going to find out together. Yes, definitely. So what we did is we put the list of 25 different shows, gave them a value, and then we're going to use a random number generator to figure out what show. Yes. So I have the random number generator ready. Yes. And Jimmy, if you can give me a countdown. We'll 15. <laughs> 14. No. <laughs> all right. All right. Three, two, one. Randomize. Randomize. And the number is 15. 15. Oh, shit. What is 15? I'm kind of nervous. 15 is a show I've heard of, okay. but I've never watched. Okay. Maud. Maud. I've never seen Maud no, either. No, neither have I. Maud is available on Pluto TV. Okay. All right. All right. Yes. So now, how many seasons does Maud have? Maud had six seasons in its wow, run. Wow, okay. Ran from 1972 to when it was over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the one with uh, um, your mom in it. <laughs> oh, burn. burn. It is, yeah. From, from um, um, B. Arthur. Yeah, B. Arthur, yeah. Okay. So you said six? That's correct, yes. Six seasons. Okay, so now I'm going to randomly pick a season. And I kind of like what you did. You just pick in the middle. Let's pick season three. Season three. Technically, season four would be in the middle, kind of. Anyway, season three. I'm going to go with that. So how many episodes are in season three? All right. Season three itself had 23 episodes. Ooh, 23. Let's use random number generator to pick the episode. Okay. All right. So here we go. Count, give me a countdown, Jimmy. 15. 14. <laughs> no. Okay. Three, two, one. Randomize. Randomize. And the episode number is five. Five. Season three, episode five is entitled Speed Trap. Speed Trap. That is correct. All right. So can you give us a little synopsis of what that episode is about? Season three, episode five, Speed Trap, aired October 7th, 1974, while Vivian and Maude go on an eating binge to clear their minds and reconnect. Arthur and Walter land in a Vermont jail. Ooh. And fucking Walter, man. Fucking Arthur, too. Like, fucking the two too. of them. Oh, wait, Vivian and Maude together. Oh, my God. Oh, dude, you get Arthur and Walter, you know they're going to end up in jail. Especially in Vermont. <laughs> dude, Vermont don't fuck around. I don't know. We've never seen the show. We've never seen an episode about. of the show before, ever. <laughs> oh, man. So, I'm kind of excited. I've never seen the show, and uh could be cool. I don't know. We'll see. Definitely. Hey, and look, Gilligan's in it. No, I'm teasing. I'm <laughs> no, he's, yeah, I'm just, this episode is Bob Denver. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, B. Arthur is in it. And Rue McClanahan is in it. Oh, no way. Way. That's cool. Yeah. And this is before Golden Girls, right? Hey, and Conrad Bain is in it, too. No shit. Yeah, that's no a, shit. Like I Mr. am not Drummond, even shitting. Right? What's that? Mr. Drummond? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Wow. A good man, Hal Cooper. Nice. Okay. Hal Cooper. We, I don't know that name. He's a director, yeah. Yeah, he's directed dude, like <laughs> Brady Bunch episodes or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's... Wow. Yeah. This is all part of our family. Okay. All right, so I'm looking forward to this. Should be good. No, I'm okay, curious cool. who else is in it. <laughs> wow, that's pretty neat. Cool. Good. Okay. All right. I'm excited. Hell Yeah. All right, cool. So, uh, so unless you have anything else? Uh, I do not. No? All right. In that case, I have been Jimmy. And I've been Tack. 
And this has been a very Brady podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.